Welcome to the Spotlight Raiders Talk, home of all Las Vegas Raiders news, content, rumors, and all everything that you need to know about the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, this is our official audio podcast of the Spotlight Raiders Talk, where we be breaking down all film from players, interviews, uh, pre-show, and post-game shows of the Las Vegas Raiders. Your host, Darian and Eli will be covering all that for you on this audio podcast. So thank you for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. And we hope that you enjoy the show. Just win, baby. We are here and we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and it's the Spotlight Raiders Talk. I am your host, Darian of the Spotlight Raiders Talk. And we got my co-host, Eli, in the building. What is going on, my guy? What is good, Raider Nation? How's it going? Oh, it's going good. It's going good, man. It's going good. It's, uh, some news came out how the Raiders offered Jivion Clowney some, you know, a contract. Uh, we definitely going to get into that. We got a lot of stuff coming on today. Uh, we do have another YouTuber named All Aboard Raiders. Will be coming on and talking um, about his channel and having, you know, help him out and get him to his subscribers as well. So thanks for everybody tuning in on YouTube and on Facebook. Shout out to uh, Vince D. Campos. Thank you for coming in so far. Make sure you share this live. Um, we are here and we are live. Uh, what's going on, chat? Chap, unable to link to the Raider Nation. Okay, okay. So that means. I guess they, they try to share it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they try to share it, and I guess it's not working at some instance. That's what it's saying. Um, but it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. But um, how you feeling, man? How was, how's your, uh, how was your week last week, man? Week wasn't bad. Had a nice little uh, nice little 4th of July uh, you know, holiday weekend. Kind of hung out a little bit. Um, nothing too busy, but uh, it was pretty chill. How about yourself? It was awesome. It was definitely awesome. Um, I had a great time. I had a great Fourth of July weekend. Um, it turned out to be what it was. I ended up going out that night after the barbecue and everything, and I ain't getting the house till like four in the morning. So I had a little interesting um, Fourth of July weekend. Very very interesting. Uh, so let's let's get right into the topic at hand. And I went live earlier talking about this. I know it is not really. Um, Right on the list. Um, it is on the list, but according to Raiders Wire, they think it doesn't make sense. But I just want to talk about it from ourselves that uh we did offer a contract for uh Javion Clowney. What was your thoughts on it? Because I know you wanted to talk about it as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's pretty polarizing subject, surprisingly enough, uh here in Raider Nation. Um, the details as I understand it. Uh, Jadavion Clowney was looking for about 17 to $18 million and has since kind of walked that back a little bit, even more. So um, there was a handful of teams, I think three or so that had interest, the Browns being one of them. Um, but that seemed like the amount. Now, just recently CBS sports announced that the Raiders offer is less than any of the other teams involved. So if you're looking at he, if he was looking at around 17 million or so, you're looking at a deal that's going to be less than that. How much less we, we, we may not know for a while, uh, if at all, but I mean, so you're looking at, at this point, let's just say, Sixteen and a half million dollars, seventeen million dollars for J- Jadavian Clowney for a year or so. 
Um, at this point, that's probably what you were looking at, at for uh, Yannick Ngakwe. And uh, while the numbers don't really back up what uh, what Jadavian Clowney uh, has to offer as much as Ngakwe does, he's still a game changer. Everyone across the league says it that he's a he's a you know tough to handle on the pass rush. He had more pressures, not sacks, but pressures than Max Crosby did last year. So the guy can still put pressure on the quarterback from the outside, and he's probably immediately the best at that on the team. I don't care about sack numbers last year. Jadavian Clowney is a better pass rusher than anyone currently on the Las Vegas Raiders. So he would obviously be an upgrade, but the question really isn't, hey, would he be an, you know, a beneficial person on the team? Of course he would. He would start over, like I said, anybody. The question is, can you fit that $16 million, $17 million, not just this year, but more than likely, uh, you know, another year, maybe on uh, on the uh, you know on the books. The Raiders only have about eight million dollars left right now, so something would have to happen where they would clear at least another seven or eight million dollars. So that's kind of the whole scene there. And with that being said, if the Raiders can clear out the space, do it. Do it. This guy is an actual game changer. This is the kind of guy, while he might not actually put the sacks up there, defense or offensive coordinators are planning around Jadavian Clowney. Very much like they used to plan around Cleo Mack. They know that he's there. There's nobody right now, let's say maybe maybe Crosby, who had a good year, he's not going to sneak up on anybody next year. But the Raiders currently don't have anybody that strikes fear into the hearts of any defenses. You know, when, when when the schedule comes out, you know, they're not circling that and being like, holy crap, we have to block X or Y. You know, Max Crosby, again, got his sacks last year, but he's not a dominant force. So uh, I guess after all that, I'm saying if you can do it, do it. And I think that the Raiders can just lose a couple pieces um, and make some moves. Money can be freed up uh, in some ways, uh, I'm sure. So I say you do it. I say you do it too. Um, even if um, I know that for some reason people say that Seattle wants them, but I completely disagree on that. I, if Seattle really wanted, you know, really wanted Javion Clowney back, they would have been re-signed them. That's just being 100% honest with me. Um, they said the Tennessee Titans was involved too, and I think it was the Indianapolis Colts that was involved as well. But if those teams end up falling out, and that's the only offer that he has on the table, he should take it. And I think a lot of people were saying earlier that the Raiders should get with him for two years, $21 million. I disagree. I think we should go with one year, see what he does because he's, because at the same time he's injury prone. So you got to think of it as, okay, he's injury prone. You still want to pay him that $21 million. Me, I wouldn't do it if I was a GM, give him one year, give him that, that almost that $7.5 because right now, according to CBS Sports, they do say that we do have uh, at least $8 million in cash space left. Uh, you got to think about it, too. Players is going to get released during the preseason, even before the preseason. So it's going to it's going to put some cash space. You know, it's going to give us some cash space at the end of the day. But I think we should go out and get him. It, it helps out this younger crew. Um, he, got, he definitely could compete with the Joey Bolsas and the Von Millers. Of this division, plus, you know, they have uh, 
what they had like Frank Clark over there in Kansas City, and then add Lejavian uh, uh, Javion Clowney to this division, and this makes the defense just better for us um, overall. So at the end of the day, I feel like um, it makes sense. But according to Raiders Wire, and I want to get into that. Um, according to Raiders Wire, they said it um, it wouldn't make much sense, and I kind of disagree on what I I kind of disagree on what they said. Because they saying that um it, they saying exactly two months that they have reported that the Raiders was not among the teams potentially interested in Javion Clowney, but the news was greeted that he struggled mainly because of he didn't really expect the Raiders to make a play for Clowney at this point. This isn't to say the Raiders have a great pass rushing team; they should be improved. But just how was you know they just saying how you know how the people that we got could get to the quarterback. I think Matt Crabby could get to the quarterback. But they saying that it's not a, it doesn't make sense, and I disagree with them. And I think this does make sense if we get them for one year or two years to get them on a get them less than seventeen million. I think so. I think he's not going to get that twenty twenty one million, even that 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 eighteen nineteen million, just because he's injury prone. And we don't know what type of status he in as far as after the, the core surgery. So that's another reason as well. I I mean honestly, I I, I think Jadavion Clowney. The, the the argument of the of the article is, is is kind of almost saying that he's not worth the money. Personally, I do think that at sixteen million dollars, Jadavian Clowney is worth the money. I, I honestly do think that uh, he will be a game changer in the run, a game wrecker in the running game, uh, and just help this defense to the tune that a sixteen million dollar player will will do. You want to sign him for a one year deal at sixteen million? That I think that 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 would be fine with me. Uh, you would have to move salary though. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I think that that's something where you couldn't cut Gabe Jackson. I believe his salary is already guaranteed. So you, if you cut him, you still lose, uh, I believe a bunch of salary. You'd have to trade him. Um, and there's a couple other people that, that might have to move as well, but you have to free up some space because we still need to sign all these rookies. But I personally think, you know, I, I wasn't for, it wasn't for the Jamal uh, Adams trade uh, as much as I am for a one year with Jadavian Clowney. Uh, you're probably only going to get him for one year because if he balls out, he's making more money elsewhere. Um, he's not going to be able to get re-signed probably by the Raiders. But I think that's a good good chance you take to try to push this team over the hump to making a playoff team. Um, you know, some people say that you just make this move when you're trying to get to the Super Bowl. I think the Raiders need to do what they got to do for this year to make the playoffs. Yeah, I wasn't really big on a Jamal Adams uh, trade anyway. I just think, honestly, I think Jamal Adams is kind of a jerk in my personal opinion. I really don't really dig him and to be a part of our um, our secondary, knowing that we do, we did add some veteranship to our secondary with the cornerback. And the um the safety position as well. So Jamal Adams definitely would not fit. But they saying that they he's not worth it. I disagree with that too. I think that he he is worth the money. But is he to me right now? He's not worth the twenty one million dollars that he was asking for. In the well, beginning. I don't think you know? I don't think he's been asking for that for a while. Again, I think he's dialed that down closer to seventeen. And apparently, reportedly, the Raiders have offered him even less than that. So you're looking at max seventeen million, which. Puts him at a, at a high clip for defensive linemen, but he plays at a high clip. And for those saying that he's not a ne necessary uh, addition, I don't know how or why 
getting a better player than what you have already isn't necessary. If you want to win, you got to get talent. And right now, Jadavion Clowney is the best. If he's on the Raiders, he's he's automatically the best player uh, on that defensive line, uh, and, and and can be impactful, um, not just rushing the quarterback, but in the run game as well. So I feel like, you know, if you can make the money work, that's the important thing. I mean, what are you going to give up for that? A lot of people say Gabe Jackson. Everyone's saying how much they want Simpson and, and Denzel good and uh, to replace Gabe Jackson anyway. Well, here's your chance. You get rid of Gabe Jackson, you free up some cash, maybe there's your Jadavian Clowney. Um, this is a little different, too, than the Adams thing because Jamal Adams would have needed to to get a new contract that would have made him one of the highest players at his position for years to come. Whereas this is just one year, make it work with the money and you have a, you know, a, an impact player on the defensive line. Absolutely. And people need to understand that people need to fail to realize just his name alone. Javion Clowney will, will force double teams because of his name alone. Just the impact that he had coming in. They thought he was a bust because he hurt his leg. And then he, then if you see the, the games that he played in Seattle, he didn't get to the quarterback, but he made sure that it was pass deflections. He made sure he got a forced fumble. He he did some things to help that Seattle defense. And I think that's what we need. We need a type of player that that draws attention to free up for Clean and Farrell, for Maurice Hurst, for uh Max Crosby, just to free them up to get those one-on-one positions on the defensive side. That's why I say give him one gear, let him prove that contract that he can stay healthy. And then if we had the money to re-sign him, then we just re-sign him. That's just my scenario. I just don't know giving him two or three years on a contract and that's 17 million guarantee, knowing the fact that he just had that core surgery. I'm not, I'll be too, I'll be a little tentative on giving him that 17 million knowing he just had that core sur- surgery. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I'm, I'm of the favor of a one year deal in, in essence, you know, just give him one year. You're probably not going to sign again. If all goes well, you're probably not going to sign him because he probably had, you know, eight to 10 sacks and now everybody wants to sign him for $20 million, you know? So you know, worst case scenario is, you know, I mean, worst case scenario is he just doesn't perform, but you know, if he's performed like the previously has in his career, he's going to be a, uh, a benefit to the Raiders uh, defense to the tune of $60 million. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did talk about it earlier. So if you do want to go watch that live on YouTube and on Facebook, y'all could both go watch those lives right over there. I'm at the spotlight uh, Raider talk. So we're just going to get into some other topics that we have on here because later on we will be having all aboard Raiders on the show um, in a second. Uh, just waiting for him to come in at this moment. But uh, we want to get into the first topic of the night. Um, the first topic of the night is according to JustLawBaby.com and it's saying that the Las Vegas Raiders secondary will have plenty of camp battles. And Now this is something that I really wanted to talk about in my personal opinion because it's going to be a lot of camp battles gonna be a lot of camp battle especially for the secondary and for most of the especially the wide receiver position who's going to be that fourth wide receiver who's going to be um on special teams um at the same time the las vegas raiders does have a solid depth at the secondary heading into the summer and there's going to be some solid camp battles in this summer um it says since becoming the general manager of the raiders franchise mike may has made a concerted effort to get better in the secondary from using first round picks to First round picks and to veterans via free agency, Mayor has done the best revamp group that he has um, has been since the Achilles Hills for the franchise for a while now. 
So in 2019, they did draft Mississippi State, got into Abram in the first round, then Clemson quarterback Trayvon Mullen in the second. Later on, they brought on Houston cornerback Isaiah Johnson, who has sit most of his rookie season due to an injury. Now, the addition of Mike Mayock was able to spend money on the loss. Mayock spent big money on Los Angeles Rams back. LaMarcus Joyner, which he still has to prove himself as well, in my personal um, opinion. And um, they brought on Jeff Heath, Demarius Randall, and Prince of Mugamara through um, free agency. So um, the first matchup that they have, according to JustBlogBaby.com, they do have Prince of Mugamara versus Damon Arnett as a camp battle, saying that with the 19th overall selection in the 2020 draft, um, the Raiders diselect Damon Arnett out of Ohio State, um, a very solid cover guy who plays the game with the alpha and mentality. In the pick came a bit of surprise, um, knowing the first round grade of Arnett, but you know, he was a teammate of Jeff Okuda in Ohio State as well. Um, so they expect the, the so Principal Kamara and Damon Arnett is expected to, to fight for that starting job of the opposite of Trayvon Mullen, who would be a part of the cornerback one of the rookie season last year. So, um, Amukamara is a first round, uh, former first round pick and a Super Bowl champion. How do you feel about this camp battle going into training camp and having two preseason games as well? How do you feel about this matchup here? Well, I mean, obviously, this is the, the big one, right? You know, like to really see how uh, David, you know, Arnett can perform and if he can perform at a high level right out of the gate. I'm not expecting him to, and I don't think that anybody should be discouraged if he does not win this out of camp. I think that a lot of people uh, in the Raiders organization are probably expecting Amukamara to just kind of have that class already of a professional and be able to step in, learn the defense and, and, and be that week one starter. But I think the most important thing is how does Arnett kind of learn and how quickly does he pick up the defense to be able to supplant him, uh, you know, as cornerback to, uh, you know, or just get some snaps ASAP. So I, I do think that, I do think, uh, you know, my gut tells me that Amukamura is going to win this out of camp. But at the end of the season, it's going to be our net is going to be a quality starting cornerback, much like Trayvon Mullen was last year. Absolutely. I was just sending the link over to all the board Raiders, my bad. But um, I can I can agree with that. I feel like um, a person of America can win the job just because we really don't have a lot like when a lot of people that can actually start at this moment, in my personal opinion. Um, but if it comes down to it and Prince of Mukamira does not show up the way he's supposed to show up, then Damon Arnett could definitely come in and make and make this starting job. And this is what's crazy because I don't know if people play Madden, but now they have like downloaded rosters where you could get the um the rookies from this past draft. Why they have Damon Arnett overall at 87 in the downloaded rosters? I'm like him and I like him and uh, Prince of Mukamara. I'm like, okay, so they have Prince of Mukamara at 80 and Damon Arnett at 87. So that is pretty interesting to see um, this battle between them two. I think both of them uh, is going to be a great matchup. Um, the next, um, the next question that they have on this article is who starts the opposite of Jonathan Abram? Now, last season we got a small group of glimpse of Jonathan Abram. 
and a confidence safety out of Mississippi State, which who was our first round pick in 2019. Now, we all know Everett plays the games like the Raiders old, not afraid to come up and kill people, get big hits, big, you know, play aggressive style and, you know, led him to, you know, having a season injury during week one. Um, he's still going to continue to play with the intensity. Uh, but the real question is, uh, who's going to start alongside of that safety spot position? Yeah, I think. They, we bid, we bought, we bought Jeff Heap, one of Demarius Randall, and we do have still Eric Harris um, as a big breakout year for him last year. Um, so the fact that the Raiders have three guys who will be battling for the position is good news. And Harris did show last year that he is starter capability. Um, but me personally, um, they think, and according to Just Blah Baby, they're saying that they believe in Randall is going to get the first chance to take the starting job. But Heath and Harris will both be solid players. Um, any one of them can be the next man standing north if Abram gets hurt again. Um, and whoever whoever can start next to him within week one. Um, how you feel about that? Because knowing me, like I feel like Demarius Randall is the more veteran, in my personal opinion. So um, who do you think before we bring on um, all aboard Raiders? Because uh, he's waiting in the queue right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all uh, pretty much everything that you said and read from that article. I think, you know, Demarius Randall, it's his job right now to lose in camp. Uh, I think everybody's expecting him to perform at a level where he keeps that starting job but going into the season and hopefully uh, excels. I, uh, you know, a, few mo- a couple months back, we said who's going to lead the team in interceptions. Uh, I think you said Jonathan Abram, and I, I think that I think it's going to be Dem- Demarius Randall will lead this team in interceptions next year. So I think he's going to be a starter, and I think he's going to be a starting quality starter for the Raiders in 2020. Look what we have here. We have all aboard Raiders here with us today. And make sure y'all go subscribe to his channel. I do have the link in the description. Uh, what's going on, man? How is, is uh, It's great to have you here, man. What's going on? Thank you guys so much for having me. I feel like it's been a long time coming, and I'm excited to talk to some Raiders. Uh, it's, been, it's been a long time coming. I know you've been so busy with everything. And I know you've been doing like your um your mat and stuff with Raiders too. So they've been some interesting videos too. So um we was talking about the position battles in the secondary. Um they was just talking about Jonathan Abram going to be going to be that starter. But we are um I think I agree with Eli as well that we are gonna have Demarius Randall starting along with Jonathan Abram. What is your thoughts on that? I think that if I had to put money on it, I would for sure say Demarius is going to be that number two. I'm more interested to see who comes in as the backup between Eric Harris and Jeff Heath because I like I like Eric Harris and I don't like Jeff Heath because he's the reason Carr fumbled out of the back of the end zone. But uh, I'm I'm more interested to see that backup job. I think it's interesting with that backup job and Eric Harris. You know, uh, the Raiders really did lack a lot of talent and impact talent there in the in the back end of their defense last year after Abram went down. So I don't know. Is Eric Harris just kind of a you know his 2019 season a result of just not having anyone better, or did he really step out and is he a quality player? So you know, I, I'm I'm interested to see kind of how that pans out too because. You know, the, the person that's looking, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, are they just a special teams player? Or are they even making the team at that point if Demarius Randall is, um, you know, indeed the starter? Because as we've talked about a couple times in this show, 
you always have the potential now for Joiner to get some snaps at either safety spot. So yep. with that potential as well, and if one of these other younger cornerbacks shows capability of being a starter or a replacement level uh, slot guy, one of those safeties might not be on the Raiders start uh, the season. Yeah, I, I really love what y'all had to say about that because I feel like um, Eric Harris, the question is, like you said, the question is, can he repeat his 2019 success that he had last year and then Jeff Heath we all know Jeff Heath was the you know the starting safety slash special teamer for the Dallas Cowboys last year um I think he finally came on and had a breakout year in my personal opinion but right now the best fit if you want turnovers and you want someone that could get interceptions knowing that Demarius Randall can play some corner as well so that can be another position battle if you know if Eric Harris end up going up, you know, going with Jonathan Abram and he goes compete with LaMarcus Joyner. You just don't know. It's, it's so many uh, uh, position battles that you can have. So in my personal opinion, yeah, I think so. I think I froze. Can y'all still hear me? I can yeah, hear, I can hear you. you. You got a really funny uh, photo of yourself though. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, let, let me just, let me just <laughs> refresh. I'll be back. I'll be back. I will, I will also say, I mean, we do play the Colts this year, and I believe, um, you know, Harris had an interception return for a touchdown against the Colts and against Phillip Rivers with the Chargers. So, I mean, maybe they just uh, keep him on the roster just for that one game. Who knows? Okay, I'm back. I was going to say that. I was going to say we should play Eric Harris, but only against the Colts so he can get three more interceptions or whatever he had. Right on. So before we, oh, why am I freezing up again? <laughs> I'm just not understanding this right now. Why am I freezing up again? You can but, blame uh, it on if me. If y'all can't see me, hopefully that y'all can hear me. But I do want to ask um, Rodney, I wanted to ask you um, about your channel. What made you um, start your your channel? What made you start your channel? I know that you a Raiders fan and stuff like that. So what made you want to start your uh, your Raiders channel? Well, I mean, I, I've been making I've been making YouTube videos for I think since 2009. I have another channel where I just talk about movie stuff, and that obviously had to take a backseat because we can't go to the movie theaters right now. But I was in college, and I was it was one of those days where I was I was like, why are there so many Derek Carr haters? I got to do something about this. So I made this stupid like game show type video about Derek Carr. It's the first video I ever put on my channel. And people responded well to it, so I, I kept making Raider videos, and then I decided to do the Madden ones. And I was nervous to do them because I was like, oh, people didn't subscribe because of the Madden content. They, they're not going to like this. And those videos seem to be doing the best, so I'm continuing to do the Madden Raiders stuff, and that's, that's how I got here. The Madden Raider stuff are pretty dope. If y'all, if anybody that's watching right now, if y'all have not subscribed, make sure y'all go over and subscribe to all aboard Raiders that... Is an awesome channel. He does a show every week. Hopefully, I could get on your channel um, sooner or later. But um, how long have you been a Raiders fan, man? I know I've been a Raiders fan since 1998. Uh, I, I feel old, but Eli's older than me, so he's been a Raiders fan for well, a long for time now. But how long have you been a Raiders fan, and what made you become a Raiders fan? Um, well, I guess I've technically been a Raiders fan since 1998 because that's the year I was born. But... Um, I've, I've just, I've, I was a Raiders fan because my dad was a Raiders fan. Um, I, I live in Pennsylvania. We grew up in Pennsylvania, so we're Pirates fans and Penguins fans. But for some reason, my dad, when he was younger, gravitated towards the Raiders. So that's the team I picked. Uh, my first, like, Raider memory is 
going to see them play the Baltimore Ravens. It was Joe Flacco's rookie year. He like caught a touchdown pass. It was a disaster. But ever since then, I've been I've been latching on and I haven't let go yet. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, I know everybody has their favorite Raider player of all time. Hmm. What is who is your greatest? Raiders player at all time that will always stick for you for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, that's, I mean, we can go with like the, I'll try to pick a not so obvious player because obviously like, I feel like the one that I would say is, is Charles Woodson. Like I remember when he came back, um, I think it was 2014 or tw- one of those years, he 2013, 2014, when he came back right before he was going to sign his contract, I remember seeing all the Raiders players like swarming the building, like don't let him leave. And I remember the season where he finally picked off Peyton Manning. He did it twice in one game. So the obvious answer would be Charles Woodson. But I've always had, and this is going to sound so stupid, I've always had a sentimental thing in my heart for Bruce Gradkowski. He was like the first Raider quarterback that was like not terrible that I remember seeing. And he, and he had some crazy games where he would like run people over and throw insane passes. I don't know why, but he's just stuck in my head as like the first, like, wow, he's actually not terrible. The Raiders had some seriously terrible quarterbacks. If Gradkowski's the guy that sticks out in your mind as uh, as one of your heroes, I mean, I think he was. I mean, let's be fair. I think I think that you know you you share you know a lot of people share in that kind of uh, you know admiration for for Gradkowski. I think he uh, he was kind of one of those dudes. I mean, that Pittsburgh game alone, when he kind yep. of came back and was just throwing the ball over all over the place, that was uh, that was a great memory for sure. So, but yeah, I mean. There, Going back to the whole car thing, people kind of just forget how much of a black hole, for lack of a better term, of quarterbacks this was since the, uh, Rich Gannon went down. So, yeah, Gradkowski for sure. Yeah, I I remember Gradkowski too. I was like, wow, like I I forgot all about him at first. I totally <laughs> forgot about him at first. But um, Cliff wants to have about George Blanda. I mean, that's just, I think that's your personal opinion, Cliff Juan. I mean, that's your personal opinion with that. Um, tell them Al Davis and Jamarcus Russell. I don't know who Snake is, but we don't want to name oh. Jamarcus Russell in, in, in the Raiders anymore. We don't want to do that. I know what he's talking about. It's a video I posted on my channel. That's Corey. He's, he's one of my long time viewers. Long time. I've been doing this for less than a year. One of my viewers. But um, I don't want to say the whole thing because it, it's a video on my channel. And if you want to hear the whole story, check it out. But essentially what happened was I, thanks to my dad being like, like a, I, don't, I don't even know the word to describe it. He, he was very clever about finding where the Raiders were staying in a specific hotel. And long story short, I had dinner right next to Al Davis and Jamarcus Russell. Um, so that, that was what happened. Um, at the time, you know, uh, what Mel Kuyper said, John, Jamarcus Russell was going to be the next John Elway. So it was cool at the time. But um, didn't work out that way. But that's that's the story that he's referring to. Um, it was pretty it was pretty nuts. But go check that video. I don't want to spoil the whole thing. They said Lester Hayes, nice jersey, Eli. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Also, oh, we um, I think it was other camp battles that they did have um, on here as well. They saying that can Amik Robinson unseat Lamarcus Joyner. That's been kind of a topic that I've seen lately um, on Twitter. Um, they say last offseason one of the key additions to the Raiders defense was Lamarcus Joyner, who was coming off a break off a breakout season with the Rams at the time and was expected to help and lead this young secondary. Instead, they moved him to slot. 
which had a negative effect on Joyner, who struggled mightily hard. Like, he struggled crazy uh, with the silver and black. Um, but they say um, if Robinson unseats Joyner, that presents the Raiders for another good problem um, to have as Joyner is a stellar as safety for the Rams in 2018. Overall, the quality players in the defensive backfield is much better heading into 2020 campaign. And these battles can be fun um, and keep an eye out on for us all summer long. Do y'all think um, Amik Robinson could unseat LaMarcus Joyner? What are y'all opinions on what, what was just said? I don't really, I mean, I think I've said this before. I, I, I find it, I'm going to find it difficult to wrap my head around a week one, Amik Robertson be, you know, supplanting Joyner as the slot cornerback. I think Joyner is going to be given all the opportunity in the world to prove that 2019 was a fluke and he is still a starting quality nickel cornerback. He's been that in his career. He's far better at safety, but he can play the nickel position, albeit maybe not as good as free safety in, uh, that he did for the, the Rams. Um, I think Robertson's going to be a good player uh, in the future for the, for the Raiders. Uh, again, he's never really played the slot in, in college. Uh, he translates well there with his size and his quickness, I guess. He's always played on the outside, so that's another thing that maybe he needs to kind of learn to uh, to play from that position a bunch more. So maybe in the middle of the season, they're saying they're they're looking and seeing that um, you know Robertson is really coming on in that position, and I think if that's the case, you always have the ability to move Joiner somewhere else. I still I still feel that Joiner is a benefit to this team if he can play at his uh you know his top level which he obviously didn't do last year but uh, you know going back to the answer no i don't i don't think that robertson's going to supplant him this year as a slot cornerback you have other other guys on the team that might though i mean if you think about last year how how long it took for trayvon mullen to finally become our number one cornerback and that was with a whole you know, off season of OTAs and rookie mini camps. That's something we of course don't have right now. So if, if that does happen, I wouldn't say until well after the bye week that he does overtake them at some point. Yeah. And let's not forget too. I mean, you have people existing like veterans existing on the roster that can play the, in the slot. Um, Damaris Randall played in the slot a little bit for green Bay. I mean, he wasn't a stud. He played better than Joyner did in 2019 though. So there's other options. And if our net kind of comes on uh, in later in the season, Amuka Mark can perhaps play some in the slot. So the, the good news is, and I think what the, you know, the underhanded the, the compliment it's giving with uh, you know, this discussion is, there are some options if everybody can play at a high level to which we expect them to play the high draft picks and the guys that we're looking forward to seeing like the Isaiah Johnsons of the world. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't think he's ready to unseat LaMarcus Joyner. I think you got to put LaMarcus Joyner where he, where he fits best in the scheme. Um, and me personally, I think it's safety. But in the same time, like you, you do have a Demarius Randall back there, and he, just as just in case you could throw it out there, uh, God forbid if anything that happens to Abram again this year, would you want to put Heath or Harris or Lamarcus Joyner back there? So now you have a three-way player, three players that could probably take that position. God forbid, and Abram goes down. And me personally, I think Lamarcus Joyner would fit better than both of them as of right now. No, Eric Harris, no, no offense to Eric Harris. He had a great year last year. But 
put Lamar as as Paul Gutner as a defensive coordinator. You got to see what Lamarcus Jordan could do at that safety position. You have to. He struggled last year as what as a slot corner, knowing that that's not really what he fits. Um, it doesn't fit his talent when it comes to that scheme. Give him a shot. Put have him start a few few games. See if he could do um better than what he did at the slot corner. Then you make your decision from there. Just give him that test. Make him prove himself. Because I think if you keep him at the slot, Lamarco Jones is going to be uncomfortable. He's not going to be happy with that fit. In my personal opinion. All right. So we're going to go off to the next um the next topic here. And I don't know if y'all seeing the countdown. Um, you know, the countdown to the um NFL season. But right now we are 69 days into the opening game of 2020. Uh, and we start the countdown with the best players at every jersey number. And today we focus on number 69. Nice. Um, so number 69, uh, it does have a few things said here. Um, it's saying with a few months away. Uh, you take a look at the best players to wear the numbers of the numbers of the days left before the opener, which is September 13th, 2020, against the Carolina Panthers. That game would kick off a new era in Raiders football. So we continue our series with the number 69. This is according to JustBlawBaby.com. Now they're saying that Eric Cush is the current Raiders player to win to wear 69, and he's entering his first season with the franchise. Cush came over to Las Vegas. Um, according to free agency, and um, spending his last season with the Cleveland Browns, and he expected to challenge for a roster spot as a versatile backup um, behind the stout Raiders offensive line in 2020. Um, the number 69 is an interesting one in Raiders history and has the only been worn by a handful of players, and no player outside of our selection has worn it more than a season. Um, right now, what it's looking like is Khalif Barnes, uh, from 2009 to 2015, Khalif um, Bones was selected by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the second round of the 2005 NFL Draft. All Pac-12 season for the Washington Huskies. Barnes was entered the league in a starting left tackle for the Jaguars and started every single game. Every single game appeared in over his first four years of his NFL career. Now, in 2009, Barnes landed the o- landed with the Oakland Raiders making the move to the right side of the line, starting a handful of games. He became the team's starting right tackle in 2011. In the NFL season, it will go on to become a full-time starter for the silver and black across the four years. Now, the highlight of Barnes' career with the Raiders was in 2010 when he caught a touchdown pass from quarterback Jason Campbell. <laughs> Overall, <laughs> he was a constant lineup for multiple re- multiple seasons for the Raiders, while played on some bad teams, Barnes lands as the best Raider to wear number 69 in team history. What is your opinion on that? What is y'all? I would love to hear your opinion on this. I don't know any other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, number, I think we're they, number 69, I you know? Said it. I mean, I don't think anybody else really wore that. I mean, if Khalif Barnes is the best player. Yeah, it can't be a lot of you know a lot in the uh, in the queue there waiting. So yeah, I mean he he was fine. He was a starting quality you know tackle for a while. So yeah, we, not a lot of sixty nines, I guess. Yeah, he's probably the definition of just an average NFL player. That's that's exactly where I got from it. <laughs> That's exactly what I got from it, bro. You got to start saying Jonathan Edwards' name is killing me. Listen, I can say it the way I see it. <laughs> salmon or salmon? 
I, I'll just say A. I should say J A. I'll just say J A for now and on, just as a nickname. J A. It's it, it can kill you all you want. I just see it. I see Abram. That's all I see. Everybody <laughs> say it differently. That's just my personal opinion. I'm sorry, Melvin. I don't want no problems. I don't want no problems, y'all. But make sure y'all go. Follow and subscribe to All Aboard Raiders. The link is definitely in the description. Uh, we are here on the Spotlight Raiders Talk. Make sure y'all follow me. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe to both of our channels. Um, so we're just going to go down the list of the topics. I know I didn't get a chance to send you the topics. I've been running around and then my parents. Um, I was going to do this actual show from my parents' house and they end up, power end up going out. So I had to rush all the way home set it up and get everything together um for this actual show so we finally able to to get it done here um now they saying mind you we got a couple more um topics from just ball baby we're going to go to some other ones too so they saying um the las vegas raiders still have options at the cornerback position um via free agency which i'm not really a too big fan of some of these players um so the players that they do have, I'm not going to read all of this. Um, right now, they do have uh, Drake Kirkpatrick, uh, former Cincinnati Bengals, uh, former first-round pick in 2012. Um, he came out of Alabama with the number number 17th overall selection, two-time national champion with the Crimson Tide. Um, kill, uh, Kirkpatrick uh, became, took a few years to become a starter, but he definitely proved as a valuable member of the Bengals' defense. In 2015 and 2018. Now, y'all got to remember that uh, Drake Kirkpatrick did play under Paul Gutner when Paul Gutner was in Cincinnati. So, um, as far as him so far, do you think we should go out and get another corner, knowing that we do have $8 million in cap space? Um, I want to hear y'all view on that because we want to go through everyone that, that they have listed. But Drake Kirkpatrick is the first one on the list, knowing that he is... He did play under Paul Gutner's defense, so I do want to hear y'all opinions on trying to get him in free agency. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, from a personal opinion, I don't really know how many we need to talk about. Uh, as for our last discussion, there's a lot of players uh, vying for uh, cornerback spots. Now, granted, not all of them might play up to their potential or play up to the expectations, uh, especially the rookies, but you're still looking at guys like Isaiah Johnson that have a chance to be a starter. Um, I mean, I, I, at this point, no, I don't think the Raiders need to go out and, you know, get any more cornerbacks. If camp starts and all of a sudden uh, it turns out that, wow, actually Arnett can't turn left or something like that, then, you know, we're in panic mode and we got to find somebody. But at this point, there's a lot of young guys vying for some playing time. I say you see what they have to offer. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd, I'd always rather develop corners than dra or than uh, sign free agents or, or trade for people, unless it was Darius Slay, which almost happened. But, um, yeah, I think I'd rather just, just wait it out, especially with the whole clowny thing. I don't want to be looking for other people in case he does decide for some reason he wants to come here for less money. So I think right now we should probably hold off. Yeah, I agree too. It's just that they saying that um, knowing most of these Bengals, um, Bengal players played on the Paul Gutner. That's why they're looking at them. So they do have another one on this list, and that's Darquise Denard. 
So that's another one that they have on this list. That's form as a former Cincinnati Bengal that played under Paul Gutner's defense when Paul Gutner was there. Um, they do have another one in sight, Aqib Talib, which I'm not a big fan of. I'm not a big fan of Aqib Talib. Absolutely not. The boy, the guy can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy whatsoever. Um, we've been talked about Logan Ryan. Um, Logan Ryan's problem is, is that he just don't want to bring down his, his guaranteed money. That's the problem with Logan Ryan. That's why he's still on the market because he don't want to bring down his actual salary. I feel like right now, I understand that you had a good year in Tennessee and you want that money. But right now, a lot of teams not on the market is really trying to spend their money on a corner. Yes, they're trying to bring debt, but they're not trying to spend money just to bring debt. They're not trying to spend as much money what he's looking for. They just want to bring depth to their team. So I do agree with y'all, but um, I think with the Cincinnati Bengals, it, with those two corners, they could come. One, I think one of them could come in and help and help the players on their scheme, um, knowing that they know Paul Gutner's scheme when he when he was at Cincinnati. I think one of them will sign just to have that position battle, but they won't be on the team long. That, that, that was just be my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think that – I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I camp battles and camp bodies aside, I, I really do think they're going to focus on getting as many eyeballs and as many snaps for Robertson, for Isaiah Johnson, and for obviously for Arnett. And uh, anybody else that steps on the field is really, you know, just taking time away from uh, evaluating those guys. So – yeah, Amukamara is on the team to be a starter in case those guys can't. Unless you have somebody that's an upgrade on him, then he's expendable at that point. Uh, I, I just I, I don't see it um, unless again you go, you start with camp and then those guys prove they they actually can't hack it in the NFL. Yeah, I one thousand percent agree. I think I'd I'd rather resign Michael Crabtree than to keep to leave at this point. Oh, what a terrible human being he is. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. I love Michael Crabtree, and Derek Carr did too. So when Crabtree come with, if Crabtree decides to come back, he just he was just a problem in the locker room that that second year under Jack Del Rio. He was a problem in the locker room that rubbed people the wrong way and actually had Del Rio lose his job. Knowing at that, I think it really lost his job after that whole second fight between him and uh, Akeem Talib. That was another thing too. So. I wish we could get Crabtree back. I would love to have Crabtree back. Me too. Um, I like him. Yeah, I, I mean, Derek Carr loved him. Now he has he had his career year with us, as Derek Carr had a career year with him. So why not bring him in? I mean, it's a few. We're gonna talk about some wide receivers as well, um, in this show. But we want to get into um, three reasons that the Las Vegas Raiders will exceed expectations. In 2020, um, I'm not going to go through this too much, but you know they they saying um a lot of people are saying that they have us they they did have us finishing um nine and seven uh most most of the year of this year and making the playoffs, but I a lot of people are saying that um after seeing the reinforcements on the defense and the shiny new toys at John Screw's disposal on offense, um it's hard not to think that the Raiders will improve their record. Uh, from a year ago, last season, you know, we start, we went, we we were six and four through halfway through the year, um, in the first eleven weeks, and then before we, we was first in the division and everything for some reason, and, and it fell apart in the second half 
of the season, um, going one and five down the stretch to miss the playoffs again. But um, they're saying the three reasons are is that uh, the revamped defense with Corey Littleton, Nick Kowalski, um, and the rookies like Tanner Muse. Um, and you still have a Trayvon Mullen coming back as well. Um, and they think Mullen could thank you. They think they Mullen could be a lockdown corner. Um, so and Lamarcus Jordan and all of those, and Amik Robinson and Damon Arnett. That's one of them that they say. Um, that's one of the big reasons that one of us might, you know, all one of the three reasons that the Raiders can exceed expectations for for this year. The second one is the depth and the stability along the offensive line. Now, Eli, you have said that depth killed us last year. It killed us last year. So having depth and having an offensive line with, the, you know, the guys as Rodney Hudson, Richie Incognito, Colton Miller, uh, Gabe Jackson, uh, we, we, have some, we have some good offensive alignment. And I think if they stay healthy, knowing that we have um, John Devey, Denzel Good, David Sharp, um, Eric Cush to come in and bring some depth. Not a problem with it. Um, and they saying that the endless weapons on offense. We already know the players on offense like the Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Nelson Aguilar that we brought in as well. So as far as I think me and Eli did, we did our record predictions so many times on this show alone, um, Rodney. But what are your expectations uh, as far as these these three reasons, what are but outside of them, what are your expectations going into this twenty twenty season? Um, I think it's interestingly enough, similarly to last year, if we can just battle through the first, what is it, five six weeks of the season, come out, you know, three and two, I think there's no chance we don't make the playoffs. I I think the ceiling is 11 and 5 the floor is 9 and 7 i think the most important thing that wasn't mentioned on that list well kind of was depth at wide receiver like last year like i like rico gafford and jj nelson but the fact that they were catching meaningful touchdowns was absolutely ludicrous to me now instead of zay jones starting you could bring him in off the bench i think that's a big deal along with Derek carr's first time in his career it's the third year in the same offense i think 10 and 6 is more than reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I think they they probably just should have changed that from endless weapons on offense to existing weapons out on the outside. Uh, yeah. And that really just makes the all the difference in the world, like you said. Um, I just think if Henry Ruggs, uh, I, I think we've said a lot of times, or at least I have, that I don't see him being a guy that's going to catch 75, 80 passes. But if the guy can at least make plays up from the outside and be a weapon, and, um, you know, the other two, uh, you know, Bowden Jr. And, uh, and and Brian Edwards can can just make contributions and Aguilar can do the same. I mean, you're looking at it and Tyra Williams can stay healthy. You're looking at just a just a, an actual pro quality receiving core, which I mean, who knows? That could have been the difference between uh, the Raiders scoring a couple more points in a couple games and actually making the playoffs last year. Who knows? And um, I'll, I'll have to be the last one to say, um, but I think bringing in Nick Kowalski and Corey Littleton was the main reason of going out and getting them because that was the weakest, one of our weakest links, probably the weakest link was the linebacker position. So I think one of those reasons, um, I did love the fact that they did say 
Corey Littleton and Nick Kowalski, but I have to agree with um, Rodney and you, Eli. The offense is really going to what matters because, like, we couldn't score in the red zone to save our life last season. We struggled so much in the red zone, and now we have so many weapons on the offense. They should have talked about more the depth of the offense and more the depth of the defensive line. A lot of defensive line has not been talked about either. What we got in free agency, bringing in Malik Collins, bringing in Carl Nasbid with the Max Crosby and Kleena Farrell. We don't know what's going to happen with P.J. Hall, but I do like Jonathan Hankins and um, Maurice Hurt. So I do like the defensive line rotation um, going into 2020. Um, outside of me, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you, Rodney. I did say 10 and 6, but I'll be satisfied with 9 and 7. Even 8 and 8 if that happens. As long as we're 500, as long as we have the same amount of wins or more wins than what we had last year, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. I cannot afford to go seven and nine again or six and ten. It'll be so depressing. It wouldn't make no damn sense for me. It, it it'll be depressing, and I'll just be like, I don't want to say the word, but I'll be pissed off. It's not gonna way. happen. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll it be pissed happen. off. Like, what is going on? We got the players. We put them in a position, but why we're not executing? What's what is going? What is really going on? So yeah, the only a, thing, the only thing, everything seems to be there, right? The only thing in the world that that makes me pause and, and makes me nervous, I'm sure, like every other fan, is the 2017 season. It was the same thing. We're lined up. We have the same exact, you know, stars on offense, stars on defense. You add Marshawn Lynch. Everything's there. We win the first two games. I remember being at that Washington Redskins game, that tailgate. Everyone thought we were going to the Super Bowl, and boom. Six and ten season, I don't even get it. Um, you know, so th- it, it can all be there, and then something weird can happen, uh, and it can all go away. But it, I'm kind of with you. I, I I don't see how a six and ten, seven and nine season could happen with a team that is improved this much from a team that was there till the end in 2019. I just can't see it. And don't don't overestimate the impact that Bill Musgrave had on Derek Carr. And then what do they do by rewarding him? Is fire him for tie downing. I thought it was the dumbest move in Raiders history to get rid of Bill Musgrave. So I, I love Bill Musgrave's offense, but I, I had to understand the fact that John, even if even if Bill Musgrave was there, John Gruden still wanted his people regardless. I don't think he would have took Bill Musgrave under his wing. I think he wouldn't have did it because John Gruden loved to call the call the calls. But Bill Musgrave was... Great for Derek Carr in 2016. Had had his best, he had his career year under Bill Musgrave. And mind you, we really didn't have the weapons that we have. Yeah, we had Seth Roberts, we had Michael Crabtree and Jared Cook. But the weapons that we have now is 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 better than 2016's. But at the same time, Bill Musgrave was just a genius. He was just a genius, and for him to get fired like that and and hire somebody that that's not that great of an offensive coordinator, I just didn't see it at all. I yeah. didn't see it. Yeah, but he's not Gruden, but he was very innovative. That's that's what people are saying in the chat. Bill Musgrave was very innovative, and people don't understand that. John Gruden needs to get out the 2001 and 2002 offense. He has to. I understand, like, yeah, you want to do the eye formation, which I don't mind it because we got one of the best backs in the league. But you gotta you gotta put the wrinkle dinks and 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 throw defensives off. I mean, I'm I'm old, but I gotta be 100 percent transparent. I love it. 
I, there's nothing that is better in my life than getting up and like, you know, having to walk the dog and the Raiders are still on a 10 play, you know, 15 <laughs> play, 10 minute drive, uh, running the ball, you know, 12 times. And, you know, the problem is you just got to score at the end of the day. If the Raiders put the ball in the end zone inside the five and then goal to go at a, at a higher clip uh, last year, they're, they're, they're an offense everybody's talking about. So um, that's just me. I understand that everybody wants to see the ball flinging all around, but I've seen a John Gruden's offense dink and dunk its way to perfection, and it, it's a thing of beauty. So hopefully we can see a little bit of both next year. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate. I don't. I think John Gruden calls a great game for three quarters. I think the third quarter, it looks like we might as well not even play. I, I, it it doesn't make sense to me how he, flat we come out in the third quarter. It makes that, no sense. That's the and that's the problem. Like Strange. he called he called the first and second quarter great, amazing, but amazing. He called it down. He called it straight down the middle. But when it comes to that third and fourth quarter. That's my problem with Gruden. He gets so complacent and conservative in the second half, and Bill Musgrave was not that tight. I love I love John Gruden. I loved him his first tenure here. I, I, he was a genius in Tampa Bay, knowing that he did leave us to, to kill us in the Super Bowl with, you know, knowing that what we did last year. But at the same, at the same time, you got to look at it. John Gruden got to come with – the Joneses up there, yeah, you could pass the ball, but there's so many ways to run the football in the NFL. Just not downhill. If you have the if you had the talent on the outside, give them some jet speeds, do some reverses. Not saying do it on every drive, but you gotta mix it up here and there instead of just running I formation, I formation, I formation, then it's a three and out. Then you want to throw a play action. I think he had a pretty good look at the. I think he had a pretty good look at the San Francisco 49ers offense last year and their ability to run the ball from every different angle with every different you know combination of running backs. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot more of that. I know that people think that Bowden's going to be more of a trick play guy. He's going to be part of the offense running the ball a lot more than some people think. So yeah, I mean, hey, uh, I, I I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. I just hope that. Gruden just get like we got we got the players. We just gotta execute. We got the players. I think we will. I think we got the players. We just gotta execute. So um we're gonna go on to um the next topic and uh hopefully um the next I think we talked about the JVN Clowney thing. Um you was not here for that, Roddy. So if you wanna, you know, talk about it, um, how do you feel about the Raiders making an offer for uh JVN Clowney? Um I I'm so indifferent. Like, if we sign him, I, I, like, I'll be so excited. It's one of those things where if we sign him, I'll be so excited. But if, if we don't sign him, he goes to Cleveland, I'll convince myself, oh, we didn't need him. But for the right price, I think Jaday Van Clowney would fit great. He, he looks like one of those players that belongs in the silver and black. I think him and Crosby, that would enlist a lot of fear into a lot of, you know, offensive lines but again it's one of those things where either way i'll convince myself that mayock made the right decision i think it's a pretty good point uh you know i, I had said that you know for for the for the right amount of money i think it's a no-brainer but again you know if the raiders don't want to just shuffle around some players to to make the room and they just or they can't it, it's fine let's go let's go max kick some ass so 
According to Melvin Barlow, he said, no on Clowney, Mayak is smart and won't do this. This is a move Gruden wants and Gruden isn't the best team builder. It makes no sense because it will slow the development of Cleveland Farrell. I, don't I disagree. Really, yeah, I don't. I, don't I disagree. How that how that uh, stunts his development at all? I mean, you know, every great defensive line across the NFL rotates players in and out. I mean, it, last year it seemed like Farrell, you know, and, and a lot of the rookies kind of petered out towards the end anyway. Uh, bringing him along slowly and and giving him uh, putting him in the position to succeed as much as possible. That's what's going to make Cleveland Farrell a better football player. Not just throwing him in there snap after snap after snap and putting uh, unexpected uh, or uh, you know unattainable pressures on him as a number four pick. Why don't you just have him play behind a guy like Clowney and spell him and Max Crosby and and be able to cherry pick how he can affect the game better? I, I don't see how that affects him at all. And I mean, even like imagine because we know Cleveland Farrell played a little bit of D tackle last year to stop the run. Imagine an offensive line that's Hurst, Farrell, Clowney, and Crosby. Why would you not want to have that again for the right price? That I, I disagree with that. Yeah, I disagree with that as well because I feel like he could learn a lot from Clowney. Now, now Clowney's impact on a field, like just like if you put like in a in a rotational play, you put Clowney on wild side, one side and Clean and Farrell, and Clowney gets double teamed. That opens it up for Farrell to get to the quarterback or stop the run. We all know that Clowney is a great run stopper. He doesn't get to the quarterback, but he knows how to do pass deflections. He knows how to force fumbles. And we need turnovers from the defensive line. I don't see how they say it will mess up Clean and Farrell. Clowney's a vet. He could learn from he could learn from Clowney. And if Clowney wants to come here and be a Raider and wear that silver and black, knowing that we are in Las Vegas, so why not? You know? Yeah. So we're going to go, speaking of AFC um, teams, because we do have some Chiefs fans in here, so surprisingly. Um, we all knew about the, and I'm going to talk about it now before we go into that topic. Um, how do y'all feel about, um, all right, so Melvin Barlow said long-term or a one-year deal. Me and Eli agreed that a one-year deal would be great for JVN Clowney. You agree with that, Rodney? Yeah, one-year deal. Yep. Yeah, one-year deal. Um, and if he improves, then he gets re-signed with us. But right now, one-year deal. It play incentives. Yeah, I would say that too. But Patrick Mahomes, I don't really want to talk about this, but it's been talked about <sighs> everywhere on radio stations. The guy just got a 10-year, $400 million contract extension. We're not going to talk much about it because this is a Raiders show. But this is our division at the same time. How in the hell do y'all feel about this? That we have to go up against this guy for the next 10 years. What are your opinions on this? I mean, I think in five years, it's going to look like a pretty good deal uh, for the Chiefs uh, with the way that, you know, these quarterbacks are being paid, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know that Dak's going to get, you know, his next contract's going to push up against that, if not uh, be bigger, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, hey, good, listen, the Chiefs know that they have the best player in the NFL, and they know they're going to have to pay, uh, you know, they're going to have to pay high up front to get him for 10 years. So, I'm just bummed that we're definitely going to probably, you know, we're more than likely going to see him in a chief's uniform for 10 years. Um, you know, maybe it's a Tom Brady situation. He's there for 20, but he's the best player in the NFL. I would sign him like that too. Let me tell you why this was actually good news for Raider fans. 
because we knew we knew he was going to probably be a chief for the next ten years. Okay, it's crazy, uh, five hundred million or whatever it was. But how do you feel if you're Chris Jones, who wants a long term deal? I don't think he's in, he's he's going to hold out this season. He's not going to play. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You got to pay the, the guy Chris Jones some money. He's he's a threat on the defense. The guy could get you the quarterback. And I played against him on Madden a few times, and I keep like, God damn it, Chris Jones. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he holds out by uh, week six, I mean, that would be optimal. Um, <laughs> we won't have to see him for the first time. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. But it is, listen, it's going to handcuff them, you know, potentially uh, in the next year or so to, to sign some of their other big name guys. But who knows? They could become the next uh, Patriots where it's just really utilizing and leveraging Mahomes and that offense and Andy Reid and just churning through new guys and, and low price vets uh, and continuing to win. So hopefully that's not the case and they just fall flat on their face and implode. Um, I would like nothing better. I, I kind of agree with that too because I, I feel like Andy Reid's not going to be there for another 10 years. We're, I just don't see it. I say he'd be there for the, at least five of the 10 years of that contract, and then he retires. That's just me. He's getting up there in age, and, um, and Tom Brady never took a big deal because Melvin Barlow. He never took a big deal because he, reconstru he reconstructed his contract a few times. A few times. So, I mean. Yeah, he's also married different. to like the, the highest paid model in the history of everything. He doesn't need the money, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't need the money. He's he's a he's a spokesperson for Uggs. Like Tom Brady's <laughs> on a different level. Like he's a spokesperson for Uggs. Like he has so many other endorsements that's making him way more money than he what he's getting paid for in the NFL. I mean, he did get paid by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He got paid some good guaranteed money, but he didn't really need the money from the NFL. He got he got mad endorsements. It's Tom Brady we talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to get into the next part of our um, our segment here, and that's ranking the AFC West teams. Oh. And this is on RaidersWires.com, too. So they're saying that um, with a few expectations from each position in the AFC West has now been ranked and counted for, but time to put the rankings all together for the final rankings to see who stacks up as a whole. We all know number one is the Kansas City Chiefs. Their top position is quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, tackle, and head coach. Um, they stars Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Mitchell Schwartz, um, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, Harrison Buckner, and head coach Andy Reid. We all know that they had the number one offense in the division. We all know this for now. We all know the Chiefs that are the number one team um, in the AFC West. It's sad for me as a Raiders fan to say they're the, the number one team in the AFC West because we don't like any other team in the division. We don't. So, uh, But we got to give credit where credit is due. They are the Super Bowl champions. But this is where they go wrong at. I don't know if y'all saw this article, but this is where they go wrong at. They put the Broncos at number two. They put the stinking donkeys at number two. I totally disagree with this. Saying the top positions is the defensive interior, linebacker, safety, and kick squad. What? Then they say, Philip Lindsay's a star, which he is. Cortland Sutton, Jarrell Casey, Mike Purcell, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Alexander Johnson, and Justin Simmons. 
They said, according to Raiders Wire, they said it's the best defense in the division. This is the same defense from last year that lost to the Chicago Bears in the fourth quarter when the Bears went down and terribly just came back in the fourth quarter within two minutes of the game. But this is the best defense in, in, in the division. I totally disagree with that. Um, number three, they will have us at number three. Which I'm, I wish I will flip flop this in my personal opinion. I think we have way more top positions than what it says. It says running back, guard, and center. I think we got a top position in wide receiver. In my personal, in my personal opinion, I think we got a top tight end in here too. They do have him as a star. Um, and then they have the Chargers at number four. Now, ranking us on paper, do you feel that the that we should flip flop? With the Broncos, we should be number two, and they should be number three, in my personal opinion, because I, I, I just, it's just something about the donkeys. I don't trust Drew Locke. I don't trust that offense. I don't trust John Elway as an owner. I just don't trust nothing the donkeys would do over there. So, what are y'all opinions about these rankings? The Broncos seem to be kind of the the darlings, uh, you know, outside of the Chiefs uh, in the. The, pun, the pundit's eyes this year. I think they really like what they did in the draft. I think they they really want to get behind another you know young cornerback in Drew Locke. I think they want Drew Locke to be uh, you know uh, they want him to succeed. Listen, the, the Broncos still have Von Miller, who in my mind, you know, Bosa's up there, but he's still one of the scariest guys in the division on defense, and. I mean, they beat us in that last game. Say what you want. The Raiders should have won that game. But, I mean, you know, the, the Broncos still could beat us in a, in a head-to-head, and they did once last year. So, I mean, personally, I honestly think that the Raiders have a better team this year than the Broncos. But if somebody wants to dissect it and look at last year's performance and and the players that they have that have actually performed on the field, not the Henry Ruggses, who we hope is going to be good, the Arnett's, who we hope is going to be able to play some uh, some cornerback, and uh, you know some of the guys that we brought in that we hope can can gel and and make impact on defense, then sure, you know, go ahead. All I care about is this: the Raiders are in the playoffs next year. If the Raiders have to get the third playoff spot in the division, and the Chiefs and the Broncos also get in there, I don't care. Just make the playoffs, and I don't care who people consider is better. Yeah, I mean, I it's tough because. I do think defensively, I think it's fair to say they probably have an edge over the Raiders. But offensively, I think that we have more proven entities like Tyra Williams and Hunter Renfro instead of Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, who could be good, but or or Cortland Sutton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and I would argue that our second tight end is better than their starting tight end. But I think there is a real chance that they end up with a pretty similar record to us. I think it might come down to that last game to decide whether we're the five seed or the six seed, I think second or third in the division. I do think they're going to win eight, nine, ten games. I I do. I actually am a Drew Locke believer, but I do think on paper we have a better roster. Thank you so much, Watts Raider. Thank you so much, Watts Raider, for the $5 holla. 
Thank you so much, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. But everybody that's watching right now in the chat, make sure y'all follow All Aboard Raiders. The link is in the description. Make sure y'all go over there and follow him. He has some great Madden stuff when it comes to Raiders. He got some great stuff, too, as far as, like, Raiders topics and everything of that nature. Definitely go over there and subscribe to his channel. Turn on the notification bells as well. So, um, as far as ranking um, the AFC West teams, I think Raiders should be number two. Denver should be number three. Um, and just to let y'all know, if we get clowny, we can be special. That's what uh, Rots Raider said. I definitely agree. We will be special if we could get Javion clowny. Um, so, let's just go on to um, the next topic that we have at hand here. Um, thank you for hanging around with us, uh, all aboard Raider. Thank you for hanging around with us. We really do um, appreciate it. We did talk about the Patrick Mahomes. We talked about the JVN Clowney. We talked about the AC West teams. Okay, so ESPN again is doing another projection. Here we go. That Raiders running back Josh Jacobs will have a total of one thousand four hundred yards Ooh. in twenty twenty. Now, I really want to get to this article because at the end of the day, this is an interesting um, because just even like according to RaidersWire.com, they do have a, a topic. Could Josh Jacobs win the rushing title in 2020? And then they come back with the 1,400 yards in 2020. So we all know he's a fantastic. He had a fantastic rookie season. We all know what Josh Jacobs can do when he's healthy. According to Mike Clay of ESPN, he says that Jacob returns as the feature back for the Raiders following an extremely impressive rookie campaign. The 2019 first-round pick averaged as a healthy 4.7 yards per catch, 242 attempts, ranked fourth among running backs with uh, 2.25 yards after the catch. So Jacob flashed with the top with the with the four top ten fantasy weeks, but missed three games because of injury, and his output was capped by limited role as a receiver with 27 targets. John Gruen has consistently expressed the desire to target Jacobs more often, which adds optimism that Jacobs can become a workhorse back. So he's saying 1,400 total yards for Jacobs in 2020. What is your response to that? All aboard, yeah. I'll let you uh, start on this one, pal. Um, I listen. Jacobs is a stud. It, I mean, if he stays healthy, he he. It was amazing to watch someone so young look like the, everything around him is so slow. I mean, there was a run I remember watching against the Packers. I think the game might have already been out of hand, but he cut back like seven different times for like a thirty-yard game. So listen, fourteen hundred yards, fifteen hundred. I would just like to see him get in the end zone a little more is all because he had like, what, six, seven touchdowns. If he can get to 10, then I'm fine with whatever he ended up with last season, 1,150. I just want to see him in the end zone more. But, yeah, he he's going to be good for a while. Yeah, I have to kind of second that. I, I don't really know what his total, you know, yardage total is going to be. I think that he's going to be a focal point of the Raiders offense for sure. Um, part of me – is kind of conflicted in that I do think the Raiders are going to utilize him a little bit more in the passing game, which will up his, his numbers. But it, I, I continue to kind of really feel like 
Gruden is going to spread the ball around, not just to the outside, to the new wide receivers and the new weapons, but to the, the you know, he's going to continue to use Richard, not just out of the backfield, but, you know, in the running game. And Bowden Jr. is going to get a lot of action, I think, in the running game as well, as well as out of the backfield. So I think you have a lot more weapons now that Gruden can use and not just plug um, – Jacobs uh, again and again and again. That being said, if you have, you know, the biggest gun on your team, you're going to, you know, you should fire it as many times as possible. I think they're going to kind of try to balance not wearing him out and saving him to the end of the year and a hopeful playoff run. Uh, and then also, you know, just utilizing him as much as possible. So I think that he doesn't get that. He's similar to last year, but he's even more effective. And like Ronnie said, I think he scores more touchdowns this year. Yeah, I think he will score more touchdowns this year, but I don't want to kill him to have like 300, 350 attempts like Derrick Henry had last year. I don't want to kill him, um, especially if we going, especially if we make the playoffs. We don't want to wear him out. So I know we got you know the Jalen Rashard back there, Ross Smith, the Lynn Bowden Juniors. Completely understanding that, but at the same time, I think fourteen hundred is a bit excessive, in my personal opinion, knowing that. We have so many other weapons on that offense. I think he will get the same amount of yards, but a, a, probably a little tab more than what he had last year. But I think he will have more touchdowns than um than rushing yards. And do I think he should win win, win the rushing title? Um, I don't think he would either. Um, uh, just because of the workhorse of what we have to give for Josh Jacobs, mind you, how many surgeries this guy had? I know he, from what I saw on his Instagram story last year. He got his shoulder surgery, and he has the type of leg surgery. I don't know if it was Achilles or a calf or something, but I saw two surgeries on Josh Jacobs' uh, Instagram story last year. So it was like an unexpected surgery that he had to get. So in my personal opinion, I think he won't get the 1,400 yards. I I completely disagree with this. I don't see it happening. Jalen Rashard is going to get some catches out of the backfield. So is Lynn Bowden Jr. They're going to they're going to take some reps away from Josh Jacobs, especially if he's getting wounded or he's getting um or he's getting tired. They definitely going to need some reps as well. All right, so we want to get into a little bit more serious note um here, but make sure, like I said before, make sure everybody go follow All Aboard Raiders on his YouTube channel. Um, make sure you he does have a Patreon on his page as well. Make sure y'all go follow him on Patreon as well. Um, this is a Spotlight Raiders talk, and we're giving you the off-season talk that's going on with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, the next topic that we have is a little bit on a serious note. Should the Raider Nation prepare for the worst case scenario when it comes to this season? Now, we all know COVID-19 has dramatically altered how the NFL has conducted business in 2020, losing two preseason games. Um, the entire offseason seems to make many, chase, many changes. Um, as you think about it, it's supposed to be a coming out party for the Raiders, you know, with the new stadium and a new, you know, us relocating to Las Vegas. But instead, a global pandemic has forced shift all things in sports in general. Uh, we should have we we was going to, we was going to have a massive grand opening week one against um I think our home opener is against the New Orleans Saints if I'm not mistaken, um mm-hmm. uh, but the issue of many layers to it as far as like social responsibility social distancing um the profits the safety of the entire league the players assuming that 2020 NFL season goes on despite the rising of the COVID nineteen numbers will there ever be a fan experience so that is. 
a big question, y'all. Do you think that even if, even we have fans in the stands, and we have heard as well that they might make us sign a waiver to go to these games? I heard that rumor as well. So where do you think is going to stand for the Raiders and how the Raiders organization should prepare for this, knowing that we just got a brand new stadium during this COVID? Yeah, I mean, I, I it's getting a little bit late in the game to keep saying it's too early to tell at this point. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I think we have a pretty good idea of what this is going to look like come football season. Um, you know, and I know that it's not something that everybody wants to hear about and some and think about, but I don't see any way that football uh, games are going to allow fans in there in the 2020 season. Um, I just don't, I don't see it being f feasible in, in any capacity. Um, you know, with, with the, what's going on right now with the resurgence in cases in all these different places, uh, the talk that, you know, uh, inside, especially in places like the, the new, uh, Allegiant stadium, uh, inside places, uh, are even worse than, than, you know, outside it's, there's just too many, too many things that are uh, against the NFL and the NFL fans right now. I do think that they're going to go ahead and kick off uh, for week one. They might not have any preseason games. I think they're going to see what the NHL, I think they just announced the NHL is going to go ahead and move forward with their season uh, no, uh, in August 1st. So they're going to have a couple weeks to see how that works and how the COVID dynamic, because uh, you know that there's going to be players that get diagnosed, how they deal with that uh, during the season. But yeah, play, uh, fans don't get, uh, you know, if you have your tickets, that's awesome. Prepare for a refund uh, and let's hope next year is better. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it does suck because it's, again, new stadium, new name, big, big grand opening. But it's unfortunately the reality of the situation. We have to make sure everyone's taking the right precautions to stay healthy. I think if there's a slight chance that there's fans, it will not be full capacity. They'll do that tarp thing and they'll spread people out. Um, I actually made my predictions uh, with the idea that there would be no fans. So I had some games at home where with fans, we might be able to win, but without fans, it's, it's pretty neutral. Um, again, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I think the more you hear about the second wave or if it's still even the first wave that's just still going, the likelihood of fans in the stands is is not great. I think it sucks that this has to happen during the first year of the Raiders, you know, building our new stadium and the way it looks inside, it looks incredible. Um, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. It, it's just sad, you know, things, how things are rising in COVID and it's really like messing up for even the NBA. We all know what's going on with the NBA with the 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 COVID cases are rising in the state of Florida. I think they should move to Vegas to do the, the restart. That's just my personal opinion. Um, but right now, I feel like what we we're, we're, what we're going through is we have to, you know, take the precautionary steps. To get fans in the stands. Are we going to get fans in the stands this year? I'm kind of optimistic. I think we would. But I'm optimistic at the same time. Like, okay. If we don't get fans in the stands, that's fine by me. So I'm more like playing devil's advocate at 
you know, in the same time, in the same token, like I still have belief that we will, but if we don't, then I'm already at that realization that, okay, we're not going to have no fans. We got to do this a different way. So hopefully the Raider nation and the Raiders organization will be prepared. Um, cause I know it's going to lose money. Um, it's going to lose money. Um, as far as revenue going into the stadium, but you know, at the end of the day, we got to do what we got to do. Got to find a way to, you know, give it some type of fan experience in some instance. Knowing that Las Vegas cases is not really high in the state of Nevada. It's not really high. But at the same time, you still want to take those precautionary reasons as well. Yeah. For what it's worth, uh, I have a couple pals that were just in Las Vegas for a nice little weekend. Um doesn't seem like a lot of people are being extraordinarily virus conservative there, if you know what I'm saying. So who knows in two, three weeks, we could have a different uh, opinion on how Las Vegas looks. And, and from what I understand, it's, it's not looking fantastic really anywhere except for New Hampshire right now. So, um, you know, let's just hope that people continue to be safe and, you know, in a month or two, maybe we're in a different spot, but I, I, you know, Prepare for the worst, just like the article said. I think that everybody should do that. If it turns out that by week, you know, after the Ra uh, Raiders buy, we can go and, uh, you know, start going to games, fantastic. If not, I would just prepare that this year, you know, buy invest in a new uh, ottoman or recliner or something like that because, uh, you know, you're probably going to be watching live from home. I mean, the one thing you could say about, you know, if you're the most positive person is, well, if everybody wears a mask in the stadium, then there should be no problems. But we all know that once you could hand them out to people, but once you get in there, people will take them off and throw them and all this nonsense. So it's it's just hard for every single person to follow the rules, and it's probably going to ruin it for the people that would follow the rules. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully, they, you know, people can, you know, follow the rules or have a like a, a state thing that everybody has to wear a mask and, and that and that so forth so hopefully we get fans in the stands but if not it's absolutely fine with me absolutely fine with me yeah. um speaking of um Raiders legends um they say in according to RaiderRamble.com they think that Nambi Asamoa is a lost Raider legend and I'm going to speak on what it says. It says social media is a mixed bag. On the other hand, it's allowed millions of us to connect with people that we never met in person. But at the same time, they saying a lot. They, they saw a tweet that's asking for unpopular opinions about the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, one of the first people weighed in and said that former Raider all pro corner was overrated. And he saw the message while they respect it was an unpopular take, but it made, it made the article, it made the person that wrote this article sad in some ways. In an opinion, in the question, how was the big, how was the brightest star from the darkest days of Oakland has a lost sum of, of his shine? So they saying, uh, here's a little refresher of Nambi Amsawa. We all know that he had the Philadelphia disaster where he didn't play well for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but we have to think about um, how I see this article, because I'm not going to read all of this, but I think Nami Asawa in the dark ages of the Raiders, even though when the Raiders are bad, he was still one of the top corners in the AFC when he played with us, in my personal opinion. 
Do I think he's a legend? That's the question I want to ask y'all first, because I really don't know if he is. I really well, don't know. Do you how, think how he's many, a Raider legend? How many years do you have to play for one team to be considered a legend? Like, didn't he only play for the Raiders for like four seasons? It wasn't that long, was it? Yeah, it was about four, about like three or four seasons that he played with us. Wait yes. a minute. Let me see this. I think he played for a little bit longer than that. He must have, right? He got drafted in 2003. Oh, maybe he did play. Oh, no, yeah. He played from 2003 to 2010. So he was with the Raiders for a pretty solid amount. Wow. Sure, I sure. It well, don't even seem that long. Like, no, it the doesn't. The way Tom flies by, but... Wow. Well, I mean, a lot of those years were legit garbage. So, I mean, I, I that whole kind of timeline, people say, you know, tell me players, and I'm just like, I don't even know when that guy played. But it was one of those bad time years. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he played. I mean, he was probably one of the better Raiders cornerbacks that aren't, you know, on that Mount Rushmore Raiders cornerbacks. You know, he wasn't. Uh, Willie Brown or Charles Woodson or Michael Hayes or Lester Haynes or, you know, or any of those guys, but he was probably, you know, um, probably right below that tier, which is surprising because he made all pro teams four times in his career, which is, I don't even know how many other Raiders have done that. Um, you know, two, I think two first teams and, 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 and a couple times, uh, second teams, uh, so I mean, he in his time at the Raiders, he was a dominant cornerback, probably just as much as anybody in the league. And I think they're they're trying to compare him to, to Revis, um, who I think just had a couple more big interceptions and had some teams that went actually to the playoffs, uh, which obviously Namdi Asamoah did not. So I think the reason why it seems like. Because I have his stats right here. The reason why it seems like he hasn't played with us all that long is because his first three seasons, he didn't record an interception. Like He was borderline bad. Then that fourth season, he had eight. And then that's when it started the run. And then from that season, he was only on the team for five years. So th that brings up another argument. How long do you have to be good at your position to be considered a legend? Because he was on the team from, what I think you said, eight years. But he wasn't good until his fourth season when he had, like, a monster season. So I still don't know about a legend, but he was he was a stud for sure. I mean, he's as much of a legend as, like, you know, Shane Leckler is a legend for the Raiders. You know, he was great. Or Bruce Radkowski, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. It's like, you know, th that just is a, just a rough, rough time, um, you know, for Raiders uh, in a in – a, for a franchise that has some legit legends and, you know, games and people that, you know, NFL fans talk about, Nandi Asamoah just doesn't cut it. But he was, for a time, a really great, uh, really great player for sure. I have to, I, I kind of see, I kind of see where y'all coming from now, knowing that listening to y'all, Nami Asamoah was one of those corners that he was good, but he was on a, he was on a bad team. So he, of course, he gets overlooked. Um, J Dog, no, you're not really late, bro. So um, we did go through a lot of topics, but um, at the end of the I day, mean, I just I think mean, not. You're kind, you're kind of late. Let's let's not. A little bit late. late. He's a little bit yeah, late. A little bit late, but that's okay. I try to I try to help him out. There. We're, we're, we're glad you're out. here, man. We're glad you're here. Yeah, we're we're glad you're here, man. Um, go look at the stats. Um, I want to highlight this from Watts Raider. I have to say that Josh Jacobs will have over 25 carries, 
twice in 2019. He also had 104 with 17 and 12 with 99. Yeah, there's been some there been there's been some back and forth in the chat regarding Josh Jacobs and his usage, um, you know, and how much he should be used and how much he was used, et cetera. Um, you know, I, I think that the three of us are kind of aligned with how he could and should be used next year. Um, and I think that everybody's kind of on the same page. I think 20, 25 carries is way too much for any running back that's not Derrick Henry um in the NFL these days. That's just my opinion. The one thing I'll say real fast, not to bring it back to Nandi Aswan, but I just, I just thought about it. The one thing he did give us as a Raider fan every season is when you flip on that Pro Bowl and you go, oh, look, there's a Raider helmet. Oh, there's one guy that played for the Raiders. That's Maybe that's what makes him the legend. Yeah, because they never punt in the Pro Bowl, so you never saw Shane Leckler. So, yeah, that was no. pretty much the only time. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, like I, like I was saying before, I think Nambi is not a legend. Like, as far as, like, from past time, I mean, he had his he had his years, but does it make him a, a Raiders legend? He's nostalgic. No. Yeah, it's just nostalgic to me. So, um, he deserves his props. I, I do agree with Larry. He doesn't, you know, he they did throw away from him. It's just that we was on a bad team. That's why he's very forgotten. Because a lot of those teams, a lot of those players on them teams was just bad. And it was it was some very depressing years at that time too when he was there. So of course he's going to get the Pro Bowl nod. Of course he's going to get the 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 note, you know to be noticed. But it was part of bad teams. We really didn't. I don't even think we went to the playoffs not once with him. So he he was on two A and A teams. So okay, that's not too bad then. But A and A. But we had to hang our hang our hats on. Right, uh, going six and zero in the division and missing the playoffs. How is that possible? How is that even? That, How is just, that? Possible? That was mind bottling to me that year. I uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, that was a rough time. I mean, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing though. Everybody that's talking about Trevor Lawrence, everybody that's talking about drafting a quarterback. You know that kind of time period goes to show you that if you miss. If you go for it and you miss on your quarterback at the number one or number two pick, that puts your franchise back a decade, which look at what happened to the Raiders. So, I mean, you know, careful what you wish for. We don't want, you know, the opportunity to pick a Trevor Lawrence and all of a sudden he decides, you know, he really likes surfboarding and smoking marijuana and, you know, growing mushrooms or whatever, you know. Yeah. So. And Clark goes to Chicago and wins the Super Bowl with Cleo Exactly. Mack. So. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, right, right. So, speaking of, um, speaking of, like I said, we was going to talk about wide receivers later on in the show. This is a question for both of you, Eli and Rodney. Boom or bust? What Nelson Aguilar brings to the Las Vegas Raiders in twenty twenty? Now, this is a question that I did get off of Raider Ramble, but I'm not going to read the article. I want to hear it from y'all two, knowing that I didn't really like Nelson Aguilar in Philadelphia. I could not stand him in, in Philadelphia. I thought he was like, he had one okay year and that was it. What do you think Nelson Aguilar could bring to this offense? Will he be a boom or will he be a bust? Rodney, why don't you go ahead and go first? Uh... 
Um, I think I feel like that's a trick question because neither. It, like he's going to bring some depth. He'll make some 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 decent catches. Like I feel like the whole thing with Nelson Aguilar is like, oh, he drops the ball. He had like two big drops in big games, and now everyone thinks like he he's like Darius Hayward Bay. But I think he'll come in. He'll do some nice things. He'll show the rookies, you know, the ropes, how to run routes, how to do this. But you know, is he going to have a thousand yards? No. Is he going to stink? No. But if he does stink. Does that mean he's a bust? I mean, we're not expecting all that much from him, so neither. Yeah, I mean, this isn't, you know, it, it's it's good to have Nelson Aguilar as a, an inconsequential player on your team because that means that four other wide receivers are performing at a clip that he doesn't need to see the field that much. Yep. Um, and, I, and I think that's going to be the case, right? We're hoping that Ruggs is going to be step in and be a difference maker. We're hoping that Tyra Williams is going to have a full season as a starting wide receiver. Renfro displayed what he can do. If he has, a, you know, an exact photocopy season that's great and then okay great Nelson Aguilar might get some snaps I, it doesn't really matter I don't think he's gonna be boomer bust I'll tell you what if he can do something on special teams and actually break yep. a kickoff return if he can do that one time this year he has automatically been worth his signing and he that would be considered a boom to me uh the Raiders just haven't had um I mean I guess Corderell Patterson had it was effective uh in the kicking game but yeah, I don't, I don't really see him doing much, but he's gone from a guy that I really didn't know if he was going to make the team. I do think he's going to make the team, and he's going to just be a special teams player. And your fourth wide receiver, and how much do we talk about the fourth wide receiver? Yeah, that's going to be. I think that's going to be a battle for that fourth spot. It's just something that I, I I know. Watch Raider was saying, uh, you know, lay off the the Washington, you know, the uh, the USC Trojans. Which that that's fine and dandy and all, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, production has to show. For Nelson Aguilar, I think is is boom or bust. It has to be one or the other. He's going to have to show up and show out to make the roster, or he just don't make the roster. It's one or the other. So I go with I go with neither as well. But um, he could definitely be a good returner. And I know they go. They probably will put Lynn Bowden as a special team specialist as well to to help out with Nelson Aguilar. But I was never a big fan of him in Philadelphia. I just thought he stinked in Philadelphia. That's just me. One thing I'll say: I'm just going to drop this in here and then make no other comment on it. Hunter Renfro is going to have a thousand yards. I bet my life on it. You heard that take here first. You got to drop that and walk away. You just going to drop that fire right there and just walk away. All right, fair enough. I don't think it's. I don't think it's insane to say that. I don't. I don't really think that he's going to have a thousand yards. Uh, that being said, other than Darren Waller, I don't know if there's a receiver that Carr likes throwing to more than Hunter Renfro. Um, so hey, it's not out of the realm of possibility that that could happen. Um, yeah, crazy. Never thought of it until just now. Hey, that's a hot take. <laughs> that is a. That is a hot take. And because uh, you know, when it comes to Eli, he comes with the hot takes. He had his hot takes, especially he had a plenty of them in the draft when yeah. we did the draft this past year. So he had a plenty of hot takes yeah, when it came to that. They're um, all now, <laughs> right? Right. So Carlos said they'll get Renfo seven hundred and fifty yards. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's I'm, easy. Not, I'm not mad at that though. That's easy. That's easy. That's light. That's light. Yeah. You can do that. You can do that walking, you know, blindfold. I, I, that's you know what, Rodney. I think you just gave me that. 
Oh. I'm with that. I'm with that. I back that. Thank you. I back yeah, that. we got a double hot take here, and I have to agree. I think uh, I think <laughs> I third and Renfro is the guy. Third and Renfro is the guy. Sorry. I think can we have two one thousand yard receivers? That's a possibility. I mean, sure. didn't they have one? Didn't they have two in uh, 2016? Uh, Crabtree and Amari Cooper both had, uh, you know, a thousand yards. So and what, I don't even know who your other thousand yard wide receiver is. I mean, unless it's Waller again, I guess. If I told you before 2015 that Michael Crabtree was going to have a thousand yards, you would have laughed in my face because we signed him way at the end of free agency. So I'm telling you, just remember this day, uh, July 6, 2029. Remember this day. Now, if he does get a thousand yards, I would take that clip and <laughs> upload it to the channel just to make just give give the Raider Nation a reminder of what our board Raider said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be it would be worth scrubbing through this entire episode to find that just to just to post that. If that we're happens. an hour and forty minutes in, so just go a little before. There you that. go. Boom. Right, right. Band so band. I'll just fast forward all the way through. When we get to that spot, it's recorded. I'm screen like, recorded. Boom. I'm so confident in two things. Derek Carr will solidify himself as the guy, and Hunter Renfro will have a thousand yards. That's I'm so confident. I'm not worried. I like it. I like it. I I, I like it. I like it as well. Actually, I'm starting to Absolutely. swear. I shouldn't have said any of this. Speaking <laughs> of um, speaking of a question, um, then we go have some fun with this question because this is a this is a decent conversation. Is the Raiders quarterback Derek Carr? Worth a NFL fantasy pick. Mm. I know a lot of y'all play fantasy. I know I do. I play daily fantasy. I play regular fantasy. Do y'all think Derek Carr is worth worthy of a fantasy draft pick? In my in y'all opinion. Hmm, I probably wouldn't pick him, but uh maybe as your yeah. See, the thing is this. I think that Derek Carr will have a similar statistical season as last year, which was a good statistical season, but he will have more touchdowns, but not a lot more touchdowns, but more touchdowns. And I think that they will continue to utilize the running game and John Gruden will continue to pound the ball. So I don't see him having another 30-plus touchdown season so he's, I mean, he's in no way, shape, or form a starting quarterback, uh, you know, on your fantasy team. He might be a QB two that if, you know, Kyler Murray gets injured, you're putting in Derek Carr. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would go through it. I think he's going to have a, I, I think he's going to lead the Raiders to the playoffs. Personally, that's all I give a shit about. But, uh, you know, I'm interested to see what Rodney has to say about it. Well, I've always said, and this is not even close to um, a criticism, Derek Carr is not a good fantasy quarterback. But that doesn't, who cares? With all that being said, my answer is yes, because in my league, we start two quarterbacks. So he would be my second. Oh, if y'all start two quarterbacks, you have to invite me to that league, because I would love to do that. If y'all start two quarterbacks. It's full. But I had an idea that maybe we could, I I literally had this idea like five seconds ago. Do you think we could maybe get like us three and a couple more Raider YouTubers make a fantasy football league and like film stuff for it? Like film a lot, do a live draft or something like that. I think that might be fun. I could reach out to like on air nation, Samoan Raider, hardcore Raider. 
I can see uh, Watts Raider, which he's in the comments right now. If you want to be a part of that, if you heard that Watts Raider, I think that would be awesome for us to do. That would be. I, mean, I literally just thought of it. It was just something yeah. I was going to throw out there. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't pick Derek Carr in that league, but yeah, sure. <laughs> Unless we start two quarterbacks. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Even even with the two quarterbacks, you wouldn't put Derek Carr as your second quarterback. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see who's on the board. Maybe I'll be, <laughs> maybe I'll be able to get Drew Locke. Oh. oh hell no! Come on, man. <laughs> Drew Lock over the Derek right Carr in fantasy? No to way. Fair, I like Drew Lock. To be fair, I mean the the Broncos' running game really isn't anything to shake a stick at. I think Drew Lock is going to be the the you know the engine that drives that offense. He's going to be throwing for three hundred yards like every single week. So you know, it's just I'm just saying. I mean, Ryan Tannehill did throw more touchdowns than Derek Carr and played like four games this whole season. So, I mean, it is, he's not a great fantasy quarterback. But the question was, would you pick him? Like, say in my it, league, I even, would. Even even in daily fantasy, like DraftKings or FanDuel, for one week, I, would you have Derek Carr up there? Just probably depending on the matchup. I just think that with Josh Jacobs and Gruden's just love affair with kind of the, the dink and dunk offense, it's not conducive for any quarterback to sling the ball and, and really rack up mega, um, you know, yards. So, you know, again, no, because in, in a lot of leagues too, you get like points for like 35 plus yard plays and 50 plus yard plays. Um, you don't have them. Like a like Jared Goff is always dominating in fantasy football, but in my opinion, I'm taking Derek Carr over Jared Goff ten times, ten times out of ten. Yeah, I would definitely take Derek Carr over Jared Goff. I will start Derek Carr over Jared Goff because I had Goff last year. He did not. He he shit the bed. Well, yeah, he shit the bed for me. I didn't mean to. I might well, have to Rams, get that out, but he the definitely shit the bed. Yeah, the Rams struggled last year. Um, so. Um, that is all the topics that we have for tonight. We are going to take some questions. Do anybody have any questions for Eli, myself, and Rodney of All Aboard Raiders? Make sure y'all put it in the comments right now. Uh, we do have 15 minutes into the show is officially over. So y'all do have any questions for all three of us, just let us know. Um, Rodney, I actually just watched your video um, that you premiered today about, you know, the whole Derek Carr thing. I think you were debating with some Broncos fans or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, is it the live stream today? Yeah, the live stream today. I thought it was a premiere. I'm not – my bad. No, it was a live stream. I Well, I don't know if you guys saw Colin Cowherd's top 10 quarterbacks in the AFC. Have you seen this? No. Nah. So, here, I'll pull up the list. Um, or, no, I think I, I think I have it off the top of my head because I did a video on it, which is coming out shortly. His top 10 quarterbacks um, in the AFC – were Mahomes, Lamar, and Deshaun Watts. And I think we would agree those are probably in the, that order, the best three. Then it was Big Ben went healthy. Okay, sure. You can convince me when he's healthy. He's a Hall of Famer. Then it was, who was fifth? Um, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Phillip Rivers. The AFC has really bad quarterbacks. Yeah, and then, oh, and Derek Carr wasn't in the weird. Top 10. What? Nope. And neither I, was Ryan Tannehill. I couldn't believe it. I mean, listen, Derek Carr is not a top five quarterback in the AFC. No. But I, he, he listen, he beats out right now. He beats out a couple of those guys. Baker Mayfield threw twenty one interceptions last season. Yeah, Baker Mayfield is is not the answer. Uh, 
for anybody's quarterback was. The problem is uh, is that Jared Derek Carr is just such a polarizing figure right now. Where if you don't hate him, you love him apparently, and no one will hear otherwise on either argument. So I have a, I have a theory on that as to why people like even like people who aren't Raider fans have such a big opinion on Derek Carr. And I was thinking about like what like why? Who cares? He's fine, but. The Raiders are so so good for football when they're good or bad. It's fun. It's great to make fun of them, and it's great to praise them. They're, they're such a story. But in 2017, they were like this. They were like they were bad, and then they were six and six and tied for the the, the division and all this stuff. So they, the media didn't know what to do. So they were like, "Uh, his line's not blocking for him," and he cried in that one game. So now everybody on social media has this opinion of Derek Carr, whether you love him or hate him. And it's strange to me. Like, I don't know why he's such a polarizing figure. And don't forget at uh, that same season, after they were six and six, he fumbled the ball through the end zone to lose the game against the Cowboys, which in essence ended the season. Well, um, don't forget about the no card either. Well, I mean, listen, you can only do what you can do. The refs are going to do, or the refs are going to ref. I mean, yeah. Derek Carr just needs to keep his hand on the ball and then you do it again. I mean, listen. I am I I personally think, and I've been on record saying this, Derek Carr can lead the Raiders to the to the playoffs this year. Absolutely one hundred percent believe he is a he is a quarterback that can do that. Do I think he's the best quarterback in the AFC? Absolutely not. Do I think no. he's a, a a top elite quarterback? No. But I also don't think he you need one, and he doesn't need to be. He needs to be exactly who Derek Carr is. He needs to tinker a couple things, put the ball in the end zone, put the ball just over the end zone. If you're in goal, you don't have to keep it here. Just put it there, and the Raiders are in the playoffs. That's yep. all I got to say about that. And yeah. That's just bogus to me. Philip Rivers, <laughs> Philip freaking Rivers, Josh Allen. Like, seriously, like, they, I'm going to go, I, I see, on this on this type of show, it makes me want to go Stephen A. Smith on them, but I'm <laughs> not. On. But it is blasphemous. It is blasphemous. blasphemous. It's just. Asinine. It's, it's asinine as a 10, as 11, as a 12. <laughs> That's exactly what it is at the end of the day. Um. So let me go back up. I think we did have some questions. Um. I think it was from Melvin Mar Melvin Barlow. He said, "What is Carr final stat line this year?" Exactly last year's add four touchdowns. I would say similarly to that. I would say add six touchdowns and add two more interceptions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got to add a couple picks to that. He's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like eight, what did he throw? Eight picks last year. Mm -hmm. So he have like yeah. eleven, but that's because oh, okay. he's throwing the ball down the field more. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's gonna he's he's not gonna look as pretty statistically for all these people that are like, look at his stats. It, they're gonna be fine. He's gonna have a fine statistical year, and that's gonna allow the Raiders to do cooler things on offense. And their big playmakers are gonna turn five yard gains into ten yard gains, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you know, and now we just found out that um, you know Hunter Renfro is gonna be a thousand yard wide receiver, mm -hmm. possibly make the Pro Bowl. Yep. Um, oh, for sure. We'll just do that. Mm -hmm. Is that your channel right there? All aboard Raiders. This oh, is that was all so nice. Of, guy that was so cool. nice of that guy. Wow, that was. Thank you. Appreciate. It. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool, right there, man. That was. Pretty I don't know cool. what you're talking about. I don't know. Oh, what they said, uh, "Ask the nine that Peterman didn't make the list." 
How is what? What list? <laughs> what should be Peterman didn't make? We don't want Nathan Peterman on the list. I think that's facetious, but um, you know. That being said, can can anybody else? I, I I have a I have a feeling that 2021 off season that we're gonna have a different feeling on Josh Allen. Uh, right? Uh, you know, it's either going to be he is really up there as like a starting quality. Does anybody else not buy Josh Allen as like a as a good quarterback? I like him. I, I like him as a good quarterback, but I understand that he needs to learn how to slide. He loves the scramble. He loves to run the football, but he needs to learn how to slide to keep himself healthy. I like. I, See, if you gave me the option of getting either Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield, I'd take Baker Mayfield over Josh Allen. No. I would I would disagree with that. There's a hot take. I'm waiting mean, for that it. That is a hot Josh take. Allen can throw the ball. Josh Allen can throw the football, but Baker Mayfield, 21 interceptions is unacceptable. <laughs> um, 21 interceptions is very unacceptable for me. I feel like Josh Allen is like a less accurate Ben Roethlisberger. Like that, like that's all he is to me. Like he gives you the flashy play, he'll jump over somebody, but then he'll throw the ball 10 feet over the wide receiver's head. Which I don't like, and I like I like. Listen, I like Baker well, Mayfield's cockiness. I I I kind of always had a soft spot for Baker Mayfield. I do not think he's a very good quarterback. But again, I don't think Josh Allen's a very good quarterback. Well, either. I mean, it's okay to be wrong. I mean, we all are at some point, so that's fine. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> entitled to their opinion as well, too. You I mean, they're wrong opinions yeah. for pretty much you know the the latter half of you know a, a better half of a decade. I I really didn't think Philip Rivers was a very good quarterback either. So I mean, there you go. Um, yeah, but apparently Tyrod Taylor is an upgrade over him, and they're gonna like win the wild card spot or something. What, yeah. what are people talking about? Okay, so Melvin Barlow asked the question: Who has a better season, Crosby, Pharrell, or Josh Allen from the Jaguars? I mean, Josh Allen, probably. I mean, here's the thing with Josh Allen. Oh, uh, yeah, he had a great season. He also was never able to be double teamed because that defense was still really good. Max Crosby had the same amount of sacks, and he was the only guy that the line had to focus on. So I think Farrell gets maybe six and a half sacks this season, but Allen probably gets like eight or nine. Yeah, I think that uh, Cleveland Farrell, I, I, I've said this a couple times, like he's not going to have double-digit sacks, but he's going to be a quality starting defensive lineman for the Raiders and a leader on that defense, m much like a Justin Tuck. Um, Josh Allen is going to have, you know, he's going to have his sacks probably. He might hit the double digit sacks again. But I mean, I don't know. I don't follow Josh Allen enough to know what he does and how he affects the defense outside of just his stats uh, in the sack department. I don't know how many pressures he gets. I don't know how he plays in the run game. But I can see for, uh, for uh, Cleveland Farrell just having a pretty good season. And then did he say something about Crosby? I think Crosby's sack numbers go down, but he he still continues to be a starting quality defensive end. I, I mean, a, a better season? I don't know. Zach Crosby, Max Crosby, Zach Crosby. I think I think I Matt like, huh? Crosby. Crosby. Hey, I'm a Penguin fan. Yeah, it's awful. That's just the worst news that I've ever heard. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Um, I think Matt Crosby right. will have a better year than Josh Allen. Um, just because the Jaguars defense is just decimated, how everybody is just ready to get the hell out of get the hell out of uh Jacksonville from offense to defense to special teams. Nobody wants to play there. 
you paid Nick Foles $88 million for him to be traded within the next year. Like, I, who wants to play in, a, in an organization like that? I don't. So I feel like Max Crosley will have a better year than Josh Allen. Cleaner Farrell probably won't have the year as Josh Allen, but I think he will have a better year than he had in his rookie season. Here's the thing about Farrell, though. Even if he did have a better season, if you don't watch Raider games, you wouldn't know it because he impacts the game without just sacking the quarterback. Like people are like, oh, he had four sacks. Yeah, that was two less than Khalil Mack's rookie season. He played the run really well. All right, so we do have one from uh, Raider Jams. He says, who would you rather the Raiders have gotten Yannick or Clowney? Well, apparently we're still in the, the hunt for Clowney until he signs somewhere. Um, but, I mean, you know, I think we talked about this. Like, Jadavian Clowney really does affect the game from multiple, you know, angles. He can really stop the run. He is a very good run stopper from the edge. He sets it well. And he can rush the passer. Uh, Yannick, uh, Yannick Ngakwe is kind of, uh, I think, more of just a path rusher. Um, but he can get after the quarterback and finish when he's around the quarterback. So I, I'd have to say they're probably going to be looking and getting similar money. So for my money, I think I'd take Jadavian Clowney. What about you, Roddy? I mean, I, I think you if you convinced me that they were pretty equal in their skill sets, I would rather pay for someone than trade away a pick that Mayock would get to pick later because right now we'd have to trade for Ngakwe. So right. I'd rather I'd rather Clowney so may I can start that pick. Yeah, well said. I mean, you know, getting something for I mean, money at this point is nothing. You know, yeah. you can free up some a couple some cash, you're good because your roster's set and it's not costing you anything. Just just money. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree as well that I would take Clowney over um, Yannick anyway, in my personal opinion, just because of. We'll have to start with we have to work with a new contract with Yannick if he does get traded with us. We really don't have to worry about that when it comes to Clowney. Now, if we sign Clowney for one month, one me one month, but one year, <laughs> sign him for one year with the, the salary AD cap month. that we have, okay. and he has to play for that big contract that he wants. It's a lot of questions with Clowney. Is is how was that core muscle? How how did that surgery go? Um, I mean, we a lot of people did see footage on him get back, you know, getting worked out and stuff like that. But at the same time, injuries happen. But he's Clowney's been injury prone for a couple years now. But right now, I would take Clowney over um over Yannick. Do By we the have, way, sorry, oh, just real fast. Anthony in the chat says, "Yo, I'm super late." No, you're right on time. You're perfect, right on time. What do you want to talk about, Anthony? Yep. <laughs> yeah, what you want to talk about, Anthony? Anthony, make sure you uh. Make sure you have the questions for us. We would love to have those questions for you. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Because we are about because we was about to end it. I mean, if you have any questions for us, we'll, we'll answer them for you before we end the show. That's not a problem. Um, so we we ready when you are, man. We ready. I thought this are. was a six hour show. I was I had three more waters right here. And <laughs> I, well, I don't think I'll be able to do. I can go make myself another, uh, you know, espresso, and we can we can go for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about a, a six-hour show. I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> probably during the, if, if the NFL season happens, I'm kind of willing to do a 24-hour show. Holy cats. Uh, Are you crazy? I, I, I wouldn't of, even a do a six-hour show. A lot of sports <laughs> YouTubers 
is doing 24 hour streams just for the fun of it. Well, that's dumb. I don't know if I can. I've been trying to think about if I could pull that off and just have different people come up on the channel, but I don't know, man, because I. That's I think my computer tough. would explode. It's making me tired just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Melvin Barlow said, if you were Gruden, how would you attack the Chiefs' defense? That's what Melvin Barlow said. If you were Gruden, how would you attack the Chiefs' defense? 15-play drives, man. Pound uh, the rock. Throw it five yards. I would say a prayer before the game and cross my fingers, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs and the Ra- I don't think the Raiders and Chiefs are are, are very close in, in talent this year. And I don't I don't see them kind of, you know, they're gonna have to luck their way into potentially taking one of those games this year. But I kind of think I see it, you know, in my mind's eye. They lose both games during the regular season, they win one in the playoffs. Oh, third time's the charm. We almost beat them in twenty eighteen. Does anybody remember that with the expansion <laughs> team roster? We almost beat them. <laughs> It would have been cool. It would have been cool. I was I was actually in L.A. when that happened. Oh. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I almost got into a fight with Danny Carey from Tool, who was wearing a giant Chiefs uh, sweatshirt. Um, oh. What a terrible human being. What a terrible team. If I was John Gruden, right, and I wanted to attack the Chiefs' defense, I would attack their linebackers. Honestly, I don't really think their linebackers are really that great in coverage. I mean, they're probably good against the run, but in coverage, I don't buy. I don't buy. I think that the linebackers are the weakest links, and their linebackers are old. Well, we got some tight ends, so let's... let's Yeah, so we have a few tight ends that can, can exploit that. So, yeah, I say... I'll say the tight ends, but at the end of the day, um, like you said, we got to keep that offense off the field. We got to have like a a 15, you know, a 15 play drive over 10 minutes, something of that nature. And I think I froze again, but um, perfect timing, perfect timing. Um, So let me see. Let me see any other ones come up. I'll just say I'll just say two things real fast. I appreciate you for actually trying to give a real answer. Well, me and Eli, I just said, oh, I don't know. You could just close your eyes. But the, realistically, I think we might have to get a little gimmicky, a little triple option reverse or something to steal a, a touchdown <laughs> or two. Like, seriously, we might have to pull out like a Lynn Bowden swing out pass or something. Yeah. Okay. So they said, does signing Clowney with Hurtfield's development? We already answered that question. We said no. We absolutely said no. We don't. Think Eli, one hundred percent agreed with you. He said, "No way, we should sign Clowney." Yep. I mean, if, <laughs> if, if, if we pull it off, oh yeah, Breland is sorry. Brashard Breland is terrible at the corner position for the Chiefs. He's just hot garbage. Um, I'm sorry. That's just he was garbage with the Washington Redskins too. Like he was just oh my god, he was just terrible. Um, uh, it's another question that I missed. About somebody said something about kickers. If I'm not mistaken, I can't find it for some reason. Dana I hear Carson. Long... Um, I like the idea of signing Clowney, but forces Pharrell to take a backseat, makes him the fourth overall pick, look like a bust where he could have we could have had Josh Allen. I understand that, 
But at the same time, he will learn from Clowney more than being a bust. We said this before. Yeah, and don't forget, Cleveland Farrell can play all along the defensive line. I mean, you can have him play opposite Clowney. You can play him as well as Max Crosby and Clowney in your, uh, is it the uh, race car? what, what, they, they have a cool name for it. Whatever the whatever their pass rush uh, setup is, they have a really oh, cool. Oh yeah, name. I forgot uh, the Ferrari. I think it's like the Ferrari like lineup or something like that. Whatever it is, they have um, you know Fer- uh, Cleveland Farrell will play in the inside during those passing downs, so he'll be able to play and continue to be what they want, which is a stout. Uh, you know, defensive lineman that can play up and down the defensive line and continue to bring pressure and uh, solid play in and out. That's why they got him at number four. Yeah. Granted, they could have gotten him at number whatever other than four, but th- he's already on the team right now. Uh, but you it, got it, if you can get him. If they waited to 24, then they would have missed out on Jacobs or Abram. You wouldn't have got one of those guys. See? So listen, for all the Raider fans, that are upset we took him at four. Just close your eyes and imagine that we actually took Crosby at four and we got Claire Farrell in the fourth round. Everything's fine. Either way. We got the guy that we thought though, that, that fit our offense. Yeah. I mean, our defense. Our defense, yeah. Pharrell is a good body, a trade bait later. I don't no, know about trade bait. Don't. I wouldn't think trade bait. Seven depending years. On, depending on, you know, how he how productive he is, you. I mean, if he's not gonna be up to par the next couple of years, it's a possible trade. But that's in some good, ways. So but, that's you know, a good thing about signing Clowney. So. That's a good thing about signing Clowney. You're only signing him for this year. So, and, and I think that's again, you know, and I said this earlier, but that's the difference between uh, uh, Adams and then you know, like Rodney said, Ngakwe. You're not trading to have him for a long term contract. You know, so you're not really messing up Crosby or Cleveland Farrell because after this year, he, he's gone anyway. You know, you're just adding to your depth of the defensive line now. So if, if anything, it's giving Cleveland Farrell another year to get better. So for 2021, he is a stud or he's not. What's going on, Bill McMahon? What's going on, Bill McMahon? He came in and he has a question. Are the Raiders going to trade a wide receiver to New England? No, we're not. We do not want to trade a team to a bunch of cheaters. Absolutely not. Mm. We're not going to trade. Right? Maybe, you guys, maybe. I know you got your cam down. Do you, do you think we're going to trade a wide receiver to New England? Hell no. no. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't see no. Ronnie. I can hear him now. That's all that matters. There's no way I'm going to trade a, 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 a wide receiver to New England Patriots with a New England Patriots cheated against the Cincinnati Bengals. You took you recorded film of the Cincinnati Bengals all, out of all teams. If you really wanted to beat a team, you could have looked at the Kansas City Chiefs at least. Yeah, that was why. <laughs> we don't care. We're not sending a wide receiver over to New England. We're not doing it. No. Absolutely not. Um, They said, how many sacks does Crosby get with Clowney and how many without Clowney? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it changes all that much. I think he'll still get the same amount that he had this past year, but I think he won't get as much that he did. Like, I think he'll get like, if he does, he probably get two more sacks than he had last year. But without Clowney, he was already doing great. So it wasn't, 
there's really no big difference there. Even with Clowney, he probably get a little bit more because he won't be he won't be the main target. Clowney would be like the double team guy that you want a double team. I mean, it helps, but it, I don't know. I, I, I can see Clowney I can being Crosby. I continuously say this, but like, you know, Crosby's numbers are a little inflated because you have five or four or five sacks in that one game. So if you really look at it, his pressures, he had a lot of sacks. He had double digit sacks, but he didn't have a top tier amount of quarterback pressures last year. Jadavion Clowney in a couple less games had more pressures than, than he did. So I would say that I bet you the sack total probably doesn't, like Roddy says, doesn't change all that much, maybe one or two uh, less or, or equal or more or something like that. I, I don't see him having many more than 10 or 11 sacks in any case. But I think that together, they're just going to be a better defensive line and they're going to be put more pressure on the quarterback across the hole and win more games. That's all that matters. Right, right. But... Um, we're going to end the show now because it is past our two hour mark. I want to thank all aboard Raiders for coming on to the show. It's been uh it's been a while trying to get him on because I know he's a busy guy outside of being on YouTube. But thank you for coming up, man. Thank thanks for coming on to the show. We really do appreciate it, man. Thank yeah. you for having me. It was a blast. It was great talking Raiders with you, man. Thanks so much, Rodney. Appreciate it. Thank you. And, and make sure y'all go follow Rodney. Of all aboard Raiders on his YouTube channel. Um, the link is in the description. He does have his Patreon there as well for all the behind the scenes stuff. He has some great Matt and stuff that he's going along with. But one more thing though, I have to ask you, how did you are you playing against the, the this this year's regular season, right? On that. That's a great question. How is that even possible? Because I'm trying to do that. I, I downloaded the interested at his answer to this. Okay, so I did initially, before the draft, I did a series where I, in Madden, I simmed to the 2021 season. I was owner mode, so I was able to get a new stadium, change the name, blah, blah, blah. And I just happened to draft Henry Ruggs. That was complete luck. But the rest of the, like KJ Hamler, I got in the second round. It was all, it was all like messed up. So now what I'm doing is I have the updated rosters again, and I play in the London stadium to get the new stadium, you know, feel. But I just go into exhibition games. It's not franchise mode. So I set up like week one. I'm playing the Panthers in Carolina and I have the updated rosters. So that's all really. That's why I don't say it's a franchise mode. That's why the title of the videos are playing through the schedule. Like I can't play the playoffs, unfortunately, because it's just exhibition. But that's essentially what I do. But the Raiders will. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on, man. Um, Eli, it's been a pleasure having you on every single week. That is my co-host. Oh, look at the doggy. <laughs> this dog's name is Crosby, by the way. Ah, uh, oh, that's awesome. That is awesome, man. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. Comment, like, and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you're subscribed to all the board Raiders. And we'll see y'all in the next video, in the next live stream. We're out of here, y'all. Peace.